Blog Talk Radio. Nostradamus a little bit. I feel like I've heard that before. And I don't know who kept saying it over and over and over again on these shows. Hazel, do you remember who that was that said mid-July in Disney? I give everything, uh, all credit in the world, we'll give it to Louis. Let's not and say we did, because you know he, you know that guy said it on his show, like with conviction, like he was the one that came up with that. Well, let's give Louis you just credit. Know it. Louis, like, you got it, buddy. I heard it yeah. from you first, Lou. Yep, yep, yep. And Lou heard it from me first, so I'm going to go with me. Um, <laughs> the NHL's almost ready to announce what's going on. Vegas is definitely one of the two sites. 
Okay, and uh, what are you hearing for the second site? That's what they're waiting on. They're waiting on to see if um, Pierre Despero, um, if Pierre Despero up there um, decides that, like, you know, people can come in and not wait the 14 days. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's their holdup right now with announcing where. And the East will play in Vegas, and the West will play in the East City. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, with timelines, um, it would start mid 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 August. Um, there would be a two week training camp. There would be exhibition games played. Um, through the two week training camp and the exhibition games. All players will be tested, I think it's two or three times a week. Uh, when actual games start, players will be tested before and after every game. Well, it makes sense. Um, I think that's something similar to what the NBA is going to do as well. Um, yeah. you know, so it, it's obvious, like, I think that both leagues did talk to each other. And I think they actually did do a lot of feedback with each other as well. Um, you know, the more I read about the NBA plan, the more I like. Um, they're going to be seeding um, based off of the tournaments that they're going to have or the final eight remaining mm-hmm. regular season games, quote-unquote. And they're going to go a straight one through 16. So it doesn't matter if, you know, an East winner and a West winner. They're going straight, you know, one yeah. through 16, which is pretty cool. Um, well, it also helps that there's nobody traveling, so you can do that. Yes, these are going. The, the NBA is going to be like an AU weekend because everybody's going to be at Disney. They've also, um, it's not just Disney. They're going to use uh, the Amway. They're going to use UCF. Um, and I think the Disney gym has one. The the main gym at Disney's one, and the well, hotel at Disney is, property that they. Orlando's the perfect site, and once again, we talked about it last week yeah. where, you know, lo- logistically, in terms of teams themselves, you know, you got, what was it twelve man roster, you know, maybe fifteen if yeah. you add a couple extra players, so you go fifteen men, you know, per team, coaching staff, support staff. It's a lot less than what hockey's going to deal with. Um, so yeah. you know they have a, they have a great setup. Uh, they they're working with a partnership with uh, ABC and Disney. You know, and ESPN. It's the perfect situation. Like I think they come out looking the best out of all the sports. You know, leagues. I think they come out looking the best. And how they handle it. And, and I think they. Oh, I think they come out looking the best because they're the ones that had to act first, right? Where last – but see, like, here's the thing, though. The NHL had, when they made their announcement, there was nothing else going on. And they had the story to themselves. And today, 
funny how today they announced the finalization of the 2014 tournament. Um, I like what they're doing more than I like what the NBA is doing. The eight-game regular season is stupid. Well, they're but I get it. They're trying they to get guys in. They're trying to get, you know, John Morant. They're trying to get uh, Zion. And you know, I'll tell you right now, and mark my words on this one. If for some reason New Orleans makes the playoffs, watch out. Yeah. I love their team. I love how they're put together. J.J. Redick, uh, Drew Holiday, Zion, do not sleep on New Orleans. They can catch LeBron if they play that 1-16 matchup. They might be able to knock off LeBron. I don't know. I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship, but they can definitely well, catch that, lightning that in the bottle them have to... and take somebody out. Yeah, I, I, I also think that one of the things that they should do is they should legitimately see. I don't think I, I don't think any of these are fair to the teams that like the teams that have. And I said this last week: the teams that have the top, they're the point top point getters in the NHL or the top record in the NBA. They should be locked in at one. But there's no reason. Like the Bruins should be the number one overall seed throughout this playoff thing. But then what are you playing for? And in all honesty, what's that? You know, what, what are you playing for? Like, in this, in this situation, you got, one, you got your top ten NBA teams already locked into positioning. What are they really playing for? Just to get loose? Yeah. Just to knock off the rough? It has to you be know, some it's incentive. funny. We were – our Friday night show, we had uh, like a tour on. And he was up like an hour and a half, and I, he, I really got to stop keeping him on these shows for so damn long. Um, but I, I posed that question to him. Like, should the Bruins be the number one overall seed throughout the playoffs? He said, yeah. There should, what incentive is there anymore? They shouldn't be – yeah, those, those teams are going to go through the motions anyway because some of them could be a second-round matchup. But luckily, they're doing the reseeding thing so that it's not that big of a deal. Like, you think right. about it, you could have Bruins Rangers in the first round of the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah, I'm and always the NHL, in favor of reseeding. Yeah, that's the that's yeah, best way to go. Is, I, think the, I don't – no, I don't like the reseeding because I like I, – I'm, I'm old school, you know. I think the best playoff series that you had were divisional playoffs. Make it a true conference champion. Yes, I understand, like, the Rangers-Devils in 94 was great because they got to play each other, and that's fine. But, like, you just look through, and I get it, like, last year, Tampa Bay and the Bruins would have been the best final Eastern Conference. That would have been better than the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Because it would have been a better series. Because they were the two best teams in the league. So, 
I don't know. It, it's like one of those things. It's damned if you do, it's damned if you don't. Like, could you imagine, hey, like, a Bruins Capitals? Because the West this year sucks. Like, let, let's just call a spade a spade here. If you took the top 16, which is what the NHL should have done that year, but they had to get certain teams in. If you took the top 16, 10 of them were from the East. Yeah, it's a weak season this year uh, from the West. It's definitely not the West of, you know, of yesterday. Um, no, it is the West and, of yesterday. It's just that the top teams aren't Chicago. They're not dominant. Like even St. Louis. St. Louis St. Louis could be very dominant. Jordan Bennington's a hell of a goaltender. St. Louis, with getting Tarasenko back, is scary yeah. um, in a seven-game series. Um but Layla's luck's going to run out at some point. Um, like, like Dallas, I think, stinks. I don't think they're that good. Colorado's not that good. I think Vegas is better than they showed up until the gaunt firing. Yeah, but, you know, here's the other thing. Here's the flip side on this. And for a team like Vegas, mm-hmm. a team especially like the Islanders, you know, this break is a godsend because they're able to get their top players back. And, yeah. you know, we, we talked about New Orleans being, you know, a team to watch in the NBA. You know, these lower-seeded mm-hmm. teams, you know, like the Islanders, I think that, you know, they also have a great shot to start doing some upsets here. You know, you hey, do you want to actually have, like, a real – do you want to act like a real radio show and actually do, like, breaks like when we're supposed to tonight? Sure. Or is this worth You're trying? You're the boss today. Well, um, yeah, that's yeah, true. We got to get Connor in here every once in a while. At some point, we'll get him in. Um, you listen to the uh, Bruin Angel Sports Talk on Black Hunter Radio. Alrighty, kids, welcome back to Bruin Angel Talking Sports. We are joined live now by our good friend and the host of his own show, which I always forget the name of it because I'm stupid. Louie, how the hell are you? <laughs> okay, George, and it's called the Enhanced Louis. Sports Show. Oh, see, I knew I'd remember it. I just don't remember yeah. it because my brain's mushed. Right. Well, remember, we're on Saturday nights. Louie, did you take credit for me telling you exactly when the NBA was coming back? 
Did I take, did I take credit for it? No. I don't know. I, I still think you were taking credit for my wisdom here. Louie, I gave you credit. Thanks. <laughs> I knew we were going to come back, and I'm, and I'm as happy as anything. I can't wait. That means my that means my file is still intact. You know, I, I look at the NBA this way. Right? I know we'll we'll bounce around for a while. Um right. ew, watermelon right away. Uh, they had to come back because there's a lot of guys there that need the money. Like, there's a lot of guys who needed to uh, yeah, uh, Here's my question about this. You know, you have sure. 22 teams that, that are in it, and you have eight teams that don't make it. So, what happens yeah. to their pay, you know, for the eight teams that don't make it? Are they still going to get, <clears throat> I'm sorry, reimbursed? Are they going to get paid? You know, they're not um, play. I don't know. Well, you know, Louie, you'll have to call back. We were experiencing difficulty with your lines. All right. Look at that. See, so look at that, that, Angel. I made it work. Is he back? No, he's going to have to call back. Oh. So where, where do we go from there? You know, what happens to those teams? I'm sure they, they made an agreement somewhere in terms of, what is their expectation in terms of what they're going to get paid? Now, I'm sure they're going to get paid something. Well, see, like, you know, so it's good that here's, they don't have to see the Knicks anymore. Well, let's see. Like, let, let's or look Chicago. at Chicago. Yeah. The NBA Players Association is probably – all right, let's see. If, all right, okay. Lou's phone works. I'm here. Yep. Good. Um, I hey, think Lou. the NBA PA, the NBA P, because God forbid they say it's an association. Uh, mm-hmm. Their players association is not is probably the weakest of all of the associations. Weaker like than the, the NHL. Wow. No, uh, the NBA. Weaker, no, Louie has this thing where, like, he thinks the NHLPA sucks right now, and he forgets yeah. that Donald Fear runs it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He is kind of a dimwit. Who is? <laughs> he's a hell of a Fear. dimwit. I'll take him as, as uh, my leader. Fear's a dimwit? Wait, no, Louie, did you Batman's just say bigger... Donald Fear is a dimwit? I did, but Batman's a bigger dimwit. But I always thought, you know, because the NBA is more popular, and, you know, I thought yeah, its league holds together. I thought they would be one of the stronger uh, player association unions. Louis, let's look at it this way. Okay. The commissioners of the sports are employed by the owners of the sports. They do not act 
on their own. They are not me. They do. I do, as they are told. The owners in hockey are the owners in hockey have a huge problem. And do you know what that is? Mm, I'm sure they have a lot of problems. I mean, they've had, you know, nope, lockouts. One, there is one major problem. If it's in not the money, NHL. what could it Angel, be? Revenue? Angel, what is it? Do you know? What was the question? I'm sorry, you faded what out. Is the one, what is the one major problem? that happens to the NHL owners. I don't know. Okay. So here's the problem with the NHL owners. And if you know the answer, whatever, you're going to hear it now anyway. The problem in the NHL is, is that more than 20% of your teams are Canadian. Right. The yeah. Canadian teams must write contracts in American dollars. Aha. So Currency. when the exchange rate is shit, which it is now, when the Canadian dollar is an American quarter, um, they are paying boatloads of money. Connor McDavid is getting paid $11 million U.S. dollars. The U.S., the television deal that they have signed with NBC is American dollar. The television right. deal they have signed with TSN and Roger Sportsnet is Canadian dollar. So as long as you're paying in Canadian dollars to more than 20% of your league, um, you have a legitimate problem there. Um, The other problems are is that there's not as much TV revenue that comes into the league. Right. Um, The uniform, um, you know, deal isn't as um, financially beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's and it's not because it's not for lack. The problem is like all their deals are written in two. There's the Canadian half of it and the American half of it. Um, so, like, Sirius XM NHL Radio is out of out of um, Canada. It's not out of New York. It's a Canadian channel. It's not. It's not an American channel. So even the advertising rates that go off on that are Canadian, not American. So the league's funding isn't what it should be. Um, Add in the fact that they have probably one of the strongest um, collective bargaining agreements going right now. And... um, yeah, I, when you look at like the the work stoppages Batman had, 
That's not because Batman doesn't want guys them to play hockey. It, it, it has nothing. To, Gary Batman, until he's blue in the face, he's being told what to do. And when you have owners like uh, Jeremy Jacobs, I, I mean Montgomery G. Burns, when you had Charles Wong, when you had uh, Mike Illich, when you had the uh, Teachers Union of Toronto owning a team, <laughs> they're looking for profits. They're not looking for... The Toronto Maple Leafs, for the longest time, were owned by the Toronto Public School Teachers um, Retirement Fund or something, like the, the Teachers Union or something. It was stupid. Yeah. But they don't... They, they also have to be... It's hockey's the most expensive sport for everything. It's the most expensive to run the building. It's the most expensive for, you know, whatever. So they have to find ways to make profits. And it's in the winter. Right. So there's a lot more that goes into scheduling and travel and all that stuff because um, have you ever been to Calgary in February? Mm, no. Uh, East I, I hear it's a lot like Florida. Yeah, it's a lot like Florida. Yeah, And, and, and like the Frozen ride at Disneyland. At Disney World. <laughs> um, so that's why. So you can't call Batman an idiot. And you, I, I mean, I, I don't understand how you could go after fear. Fear is a since Marvin Miller, there, there's never been a better um, represent, representative of, of, of the product. Like, he represents the product. Until you want to see James Dolan go out there and skate, then... He, no, thanks. Yeah, exactly. So oh, you've no, got to worry about... I'll, I'll take, I mean, I do want to see... I, I, I do want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see him get lit up. I want to see Scott Stevens line him up across the blue line. You're right. <laughs> Do us all down. a favor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and, and then when you have a dimwit owner like James Dolan, yes, Batman There's a worse. dimwit for you. He's not a dimwit. The guy's worth billions. You're the fan okay, think he's dimwit. a dimwit. He's not a dimwit. The guy's a genius. Well, he has is he really genius? Yes. Remember, that, that's, that's Daddy's money. That's Daddy's money. That's not his money. Okay, granted, yes, he, he, yeah. he, he exudes the fact that he's, um, you know, was the cum shot that made it. But he has made it where the garden is the place to go, even though In the team sucks. In spite, In spite of, of him. In spite of him. So, yeah, this team... This team has been selling out long before he took ownership uh, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Remember when Dave Seckett was, uh, was the president, they were selling out every night. Pat Riley was coaching. You know, that yeah. was the Knicks in their high day. But that's when I went you know, so But Dolan didn't own the Garden then. Paramount owned the Garden then. Right. Gar- Paramount owned the teams then. Not Dolan. But that's what I'm saying. Like, this this wasn't done by Dolan. You know, it, 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 it's something like it's something you you would give him credit if he took something, stripped it down, and then built it. 
then you can say, okay, you know, Dolan did it. It may be a douche. Well, I'm not. But I'm, you know what, Angel? I'm not saying <laughs> that know. he. The fact that he's kept it status quo, and people still go to the building. I mean, look, his most yeah. successful franchise is Billy Joel. That's the yeah. one he cares about. At the end of the day, the Garden makes money. The Garden is publicly traded, which means that Dolan doesn't even own the Garden anymore because it's publicly traded. He's the CEO. I don't care what anybody says. He he doesn't own the Garden. It's it's publicly traded. He owns the right. teams. But he does not own the building. So the fact that people still go to the building in Moss, spend money like it's going out of style there. Yes. The guys that mm-hmm. you've seen teams that are really good have troubles, you know, filling the seats. Granted, he's in the the Clippers. When they sucked, nobody went to – that was when people went to Staples just to yeah. see Staples. The, the Kings are the same thing. He still gets people going yeah. into the building. But George, and, you're, and, you're and in New York. So, I mean, I'm it doesn't sorry, matter. New L.A., New yeah. York, L.A., the, Miami, the, the it doesn't matter. The, the, the it doesn't matter. Years. Yeah. And, they still and people still out. go. Yeah. Not as often. So, New York I, – I think New York is a little bit different. You know, than True. any other city uh, in terms of, you know, the people that go. You know, I, I, and I understand the whole problems with the Mets the last couple of years. You know, you could have went to the game for $8 last year. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing so bad. Right. But, once again, it, it's one of those things where you look but up see, I, and they're sold out every is, night. Baseball, to me, is, 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 is an exception to that rule. To me, you can't ever use baseball as, oh, there's $8 tickets. Because they play 81 games. Well, right, right. <clears throat> nobody wants to see Kansas City on a Tuesday night in April. It, it, nobody does. Mm-hmm, that's true. Like when the Yankees do their blood drive and they do their food drive and all the holiday drives, right? What tickets do you think they're giving out? Tuesday night against Kansas United. City. In April, they're not giving tickets away in June, July, and August. Or they're giving yeah, or it's April, first half of May, last half of September, and even in September, it's middle of the week. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Unless they're unless mm. they're a corporate sponsor, right? Unless then they get yeah, whatever obviously. they want. Yeah, but even the corporate sponsored tickets are still. Corporations pay for it. It's part of their agreement to sponsor the team that they get X amount of tickets. It's worked into their, you know, their their price. Right. It's like it's like Pepsi gets free signage in Yankee Stadium because they mm-hmm. give them, you know, a, a, a truck or something a game free, you know, or a homestand. They get like a, a track. They get like. A certain amount of pallets for free every game. Um, no, but you, you, but you really look at it. for certain teams, you have to win for people to go. Orlando's right. in the greatest. It, Orlando's in, in the greatest tourist market in the world. They don't sell out every night. 
Which makes you wonder why Vegas made it. Because, once again, it's one of those biggest I, tourist Because locations. Vegas is in tourists. Right. No, it's not tourists. Vegas is local. Vegas made it because of the locals. Vegas, when they put, when they started their season ticket holder drive, was told by the NHL, "You are not selling half the building to the casinos," and they didn't. The casinos didn't get as many tickets as you thought they did. The casinos oh, only got what? like three. They, they only got like three thousand tickets. The first day. I, I think What's that? When they released those. When they released the initial inaugural uh, season tickets, I think they were sold out within a couple of hours. You know, whatever mm-hmm. they tossed out. Yep. There so was I, I two thousand. Like there was two or three thousand tickets were for the casinos. There was sixteen thousand seats made available for fans. I think the building holds almost nineteen. Was fifteen thousand for the fans, and that's what they had to sell, and they sold that like that. No name, no team. Here's the building. I think it was a three hundred dollar deposit, but I could I could find that out. I'll find that out. Um, but. Vegas worked because it was locals. They needed something to do that wasn't the strip. They wanted to take ownership of something. They have one of the nicest minor league ballparks going because for the longest time, that was their team. So I, I, I know somebody that's a nice season ticket holder, so I'm waiting on the answer. I know for the Henderson Silver Knights, which is a cool logo, badassly done, by the way. Yeah. The Henderson thing, I think they built a 10,000-seat arena for an AHL team, and they got 15,000 initial deposits. Wow. Whew. I told you something. And that was within two hours. Two hours? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah, that's two hours. Like they they sold out in like ridiculous. You know, they went straight ludicrous speed on those on the sale of those tickets. Yeah. Right. And here's the best part about the Knights thing. So it was you had to make the initial deposit, and you had to commit for one, one year, five years, with a guarantee that your ticket price wouldn't go up for three, eight years with a five-year guarantee that your seat price wouldn't go up, or ten years with an eight with a seven-year guarantee. In their first year, I wish I, I, I wish I still had it. 
Their first year, they sent every season ticket holder a jersey, and not an Adi- not a Fanatics one either, like an Adidas. Right. One. But that's why their season tickets are seven thousand dollars a year in the upper bowl. Their cheapest tickets are great. They put on a great product and a and a great show. You know, oh, absolutely. The access like, is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that is one thing. You know, if you've never seen YouTube, the whole thing. Like, I remember, like, people were like, wow, man, they, that's really what they did for the finals. And I'm going, every night. <laughs> <laughs> that's every night. It helps when you can have, like, this is why, to me, if you had put them in Vegas for the tournament, you couldn't keep the people there outside of the front of that building. You legitimately would have had 50,000 people outside the T-Mobile Arena to watch watch their game on television. You'd have another 30,000 on Fremont Street watching the games. But to be honest with you, George, you can still – I'm not going to go that far and say that many people. No, I'm telling but you. you can, yeah. But no. I'm saying, like, I can, I can tell you for the regular, you know, the East teams are going to be playing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can still see that, but not in those significant numbers. Oh, you yeah. Know, you no, can definitely. see, like – Maybe like ten grand outside watching. Well, see that comes to the point where will they want to do that? Will they want to put TVs outside the building? Hmm. Where, if it's where? Fremont Street, Fremont Street, the whole thing is covered by a huge TV. It's a huge LED wall. Which, you know, the NBA would have been great in Vegas, too. No doubt about that. Vegas, are, Vegas and Orlando are the two best spots, you know, for these leagues to be starting up in. Yeah. You know, tailor-made, you know, perfect for large groups, conventions. You and I were talking last week. You need a, a full convention center just for the sneakers for the NBA. Yeah. You know, we talked about the equipment. Just the sneakers by themselves, you need a full convention center. Mm-hmm. And these cities are well-equipped to take care of all that. I mean, the Orlando, like the, the Orlando Convention Center could hold eight conventions at the same time, the size of the New York City car show, and you would even know they're there. Yep, yeah. I think it's massive. Oh, it's huge. That's huge, especially for the car show in February, uh, in April. Yeah, and, and you see what that, and that takes up the whole building, right? Oh, the yeah, PGA show, building in half. The PGA show in in um, Orlando takes up 
like a quarter of that and it's the same size. I've been to it. Mm. It's ridiculous. It is like that their company like cow like all the big golf companies put in friggin' driving ranges. And there's it, it's still like it's like a hot dog in the Grand Canyon. It's absolutely ridiculous. So with return to play yeah. coming coming up here. Yeah. And we'll do both sports. We'll do the hockey. We'll do uh, NBA. Okay. Give me your top three in each sport for Smythe or playoff MVP. Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact oh, wow. in these playoffs? Giannis. I'm going to go with the three basketball players I know. Um, Giannis, <laughs> Tatum, and um, Zion. What about you, Lou? I'm going to go with um, Zion, LeBron, and I'll go Zion, LeBron, Giannis. And, and literally, those are the three. The, the fourth guy. I almost said Michael, Michael, and Michael. Yeah, three Michael. I, I've legitimately watched one NBA game in its entirety in probably when did Michael retire from the Bulls? 22 years? From the Bulls? Which one? Oh, no, which, which time? I should say it this way. I probably watched one game since they broke the Nets up. And those are some great Nets teams, man. Yeah. All they, they were a big man away. Um, yes, and it wasn't Sean Bradley. Too, no, or Jason Collins <laughs> and the White Mamba. Um, yeah, if they had just sucked enough to get, to get Tim Duncan, they would have been set. Oh my God, they would have been good. Um, ending NHL, Pasta Stone, and CMD. Hmm. That's a tough one. But uh, when are they? I think it's not yet on a date when the uh, NHL is going to open up their season. Yeah, they can't open training camps until July 11th, August um, August 5th or 6th. August, so it's going to be later than the NBA. Okay. No. Well, that's because the NHL has to get people back from Europe. Right. And the NBA says mid-July. What's mid-July? Like the... Uh, so is that their trick? That's their training camp. That's not the. Yes. That's not the league starting. So you you, know, you go mid July for training camp, two weeks. That's the other part of it, and you're looking at the beginning of August. July thirty first. Yeah. So it's roughly going to be the same. Once again, I know that both leagues had to be in, in talks with each other. You know, oh, hey, what are you guys? Doing? But... What, what are you what are you thinking? Because you know they, 
it's very Maybe. similar what they're doing. Well, I, I think they were in talks with each other for more than one reason. Because you look at, like, the Rangers and Knicks, they share a practice facility. So they're they're actually worrying about who shares practice facilities. Where do the Kings practice? Do they practice in the same facilities as the Lakers or the Clippers? Couldn't tell you. No, I think they're all separate. Yeah. I think they're all separate. I don't think the Kings have ever moved from where they've been. Let's see. Mm, That's my knowledge. Okay, so the deposits were based on how long of a commitment you gave. So the longer the commitment, the less your deposit had to be. In Vegas. So if you took the five year plan, your deposit was two fifty a seat. Sorry, I just got that answer. That's impressive though. Because I know the Henderson yeah. thing was like mm-hmm. the fact that you can get like without even like anything to get people to put up 250. And they, and it wasn't even like it took them that long. It was like once the NHL felt satisfied with the number they got, then they said, okay, now you can sell to the casinos. Which MGM was like, oh, that's fine. We already own half the fucking building. <laughs> Please yeah. don't forget that. MGM and um, MGM was building that building before they even got the hockey team. Right. When Bill Foley got the approved to buy the team, Bill Full it was like a wink wink handshake deal anyway. Once Bill Foley got the Knights, he became a forty three percent owner of the team. I think it's forty seven for MGM, forty three for the Knights, and UFC owns ten percent of that building. Because that building has two franchises, and the UFC is one of them. Yeah. By the way, it's hotter than dick out today. <sighs> Fuck, man. Dude, I'll That's take it. I, I'm tired what? of the cold. <laughs> it wasn't even yeah, cold this year. Tired of the cold. What's... Listen, my Puerto Rican ass needs some heat. Oh, I'm very happy that uh, we got some of this stuff. We're getting heat now. Um, yeah. Um, but that, uh, the long answer to your short question, Louis, is, yeah, that's it. All right. I'm telling you. You know what he does, Angel. He sits there. He, he comes on here. He's got his little notepad. He writes down everything I say, and he says it on his show. I know it. Kidding. Well, Jesus hold Christ. on here. Hold on here. Why do you think it's always you? I think I said some good cool? shit last week. You did say some good shit last week. It was that. That's what that smell was that emanated from the north. Um, <laughs> well, actually, since we're talking about shit and we're talking yeah. about all these leagues coming back, let's talk about the baseball stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Hey, let's not and say we did. What a disaster. Oh, my God. You know, honestly, Lou, I I just want to go on record as being the one that said they're not coming back. They're coming back. They're not coming back. No, they're they're not coming back. back. They have to to decide. They're not coming back. They're not coming back for 50 games. They're not coming back for, for the 114. They're going to come back for about the 82. I think that's the appropriate number for everybody. Uh, what I what I can't stand, and Lou, you know, tell me if, if I'm wrong here. These owners, Tom Ricketts came out yesterday saying that, you know, woe is me. You know, we're, we're going to be hemorrhaging money, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, first off, you're Tom Ricketts. Billionaire, you bought yes. the Cubs for nine hundred million. Your your valuation of your team just came in at three point two billion dollars. Three point two billion. So, tell me where you. Okay, in 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 Ricketts' defense. Oh boy, here we go. Uh-huh. In his defense, he has spent an assload of money around that stadium. In but his defense, he's redone the ballpark, and he's. But George, he got that money yeah, back but... hands over fist. Nine hundred million, three point two uh, billion. Oh wait, hold on. There's breaking news that just happened. Yeah. Former Tampa Bay tampon devil ray, and someone who stole a lot of money from the Boston Red Sox, Carl Crawford has been. Arrested for allegedly discharging a fire a firearm during a domestic violence incident. Oh boy! No word on injuries at this time. Yeah. Oh boy! So yeah, that's great. Yeah, that kind of brings these these in the shit of baseball. But yeah, pretty yeah, so, she is right. So but Tom see, like, is, thing though, uh, you I invested did have all this, this money in. I did have this conversation the, the other day with somebody. Okay. Right? We had this conversation. And I was like, how the fuck are you guys wasting money um, or losing money? And the answer that was given to me was, <laughs> yeah, just because we're worth that money doesn't mean that we're putting that into the ball team. The baseball club is its own business. That's why all these guys are millions. That's why. They keep everything separate. They don't want to put money into it because that's money they're never going to be able to get out. Yes. And most of these teams um, do a lot of rollover, so they don't keep much cash in the payroll. Or much cash on hand. So, yeah, that's why. It, 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 look, I know it sounds like terrible. I know I've bashed the owners and I've bashed the players, but at least there's an answer. Um, the answer becomes they don't want to start taking from 
Because, like, look, if some like Ricketts owns a bit, like I forget what business he owns, right? Like he owns other businesses, he can't take from one T- and put TD it Ameritrade. Up. Yeah, he can't take from TD Ameritrade and put it into the fucking cups. Oh, that's understood, but that's separate. You know, yeah. we're talking about se- that's a separate entity from his Cubs. You know, from the Cubs, it's totally separate. And he also and owns. I think it's, he also owns like the TV network. If I am too. Twenty percent of Comcast, I think it is. Yeah, but you, he can't pull money out of there. Like he can't pull money out of TD Ameritrade to give to the Cubs. He can't pull money out of this to put gift to the Cubs. The Cubs have to be a self-sufficient business, a self-sustaining business. And you don't think that they are? Um, like with these owners, with, with these owners, and once again, I, I, every te- every team out there, with the, with the exception of the, uh, the Miami Marlins. Has a net worth uh, of over a billion dollars, or an evaluation of over a billion but that, dollars. But that's an evaluation. Yeah, yeah, that's including please. the ballpark and the stadium, and the the ballpark, mm-hmm. the, their finan their financial parts of the networks, their financial parts of the radio. That look, all these teams, whatever they, whatever Forbes says a team is worth, is an evalu like you said, it's an evaluation. It's bullshit because it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Yes, that's true. Like, Jordans wouldn't be worth $220 if people said, fuck you, I'm not buying them. But they have a launch on a Saturday morning, and then 15 minutes later, you find out you actually got the shoe. Because that's their worth. So, but the thing is, is like, all these guys have all this money. How much of it do they want to liquidate? Like, how old is Ricketts? Hmm. 40s? Just 40s. So, he shitload of money out of, you know, capital gains and all that stuff. So if he takes out a million dollars, he's paying uh, $2 million to give it back? To pay it back to himself? So, so I'll, th- he's not doing that. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. They don't even have to take the money from themselves. These teams, you know... Yeah, but how okay, many so teams... The payroll, yeah, but, okay, but so... Let's payroll let's is a separate payroll. account. Payrolls for, for the players, you're looking at they're probably, once you figure everything out, going to be 50% of what they actually were. So let's take an average team at $150 million. Their payroll is going to be for $75 million for this year. So these guys can take a loan and pay that easily. Or they can take the, the money and the profits that they made from uh, the data sale and just use that money alone and take care of it. You know, where, yeah, or what some of these revenue-sharing teams, where did that extra money go? Why why not? Revenue sharing hits at the end of the year. It doesn't hit the beginning right, of the but, year. But everybody that got it last year, you know, your Miami Marlins. That, that may have balanced their books. That may have balanced their books at the end of the year. Don't forget, all these businesses have to hit equal at the end of the year. That's the other thing. They all have to equal out. Yeah, I just wonder if zero. I wonder if the owners will actually show the book to prove that nope. they are going to lose the forty percent of their business. Nah, they won't admit to that. No, look, if they, all you need is a oh, all no, you need is all you need is great one talent. clever Kyle Broslovsky to do it.
All you need is one one talented accountant to do it, and then there you go. That's going to be audited like 15, 15 times. By who? So you better be a damn good one. But who's it going to be audited by? Well, the only place that can do it tonight is the IRS. Players can't do it. And as long as they're not saying they're like they're sticking into their charitable work, it's not that. Like, you don't want the owners opening their books. Well, they don't want because to open their books. What's that? They don't want to open the books. No, they won't. One, they don't want to open the books because then that it becomes a, a competitive disadvantage when it comes to. The CBA. One, the CBA. Two, look at what the Astros want right now. The Astros want to minimize the amount of minor league levels. They want to have six. They don't want to have six teams anymore, seven teams anymore, eight teams anymore. They want to have four. So, the Yankees, who spend, and I know this. I know this for a fact. This isn't even conjecture. The Yankees spend a boatload on the minor leagues. Those teams, like, have, like, fucking Kenny Chesney wishes he had their tour bus and and Trent. Their bus is fucking badass. Scram Wilkes-Barre flies first class wherever they go. They have their own plane, almost. The Yankees spend boatloads. On their minor league system. Some teams don't. They do. They don't want to start showing that. And the other thing is, they don't want to. They can't show them because you don't want to see all the kickbacks they're giving to all these mayors to, and, and cities and states to for the fucking ticket for the um for when they go to build the stadium. You don't want – there's some things you don't want to see. Like, I don't want to see how the sausage is made. I don't want to see how the base, how baseball sausage is made. Yeah, that would be – that's a little disturbing. Yeah, you, you put an image in my head. No, but cool. think about Sorry. it. Like, you don't want to know how that's made because Dude, – I, I, had, I had sausage for dinner today. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, sausage is just ground up meats. It, it's just the same. Right, um, but you don't want to see how that how that works out because no. you don't realize like th- their businesses are so. I, I I think if fans saw how much they make off merchandise, fan fans would never buy anything. Again. Like if you found out that the uh, new ever hat that sells for forties may be made for twelve, or five. You'd never buy one again. Well, it's just like the Jordan. You you know, the Jordan. The Jordan sell for two hundred, but you know they're made for ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to think about it. Like, yeah, they're made for ten, but how much goes into like the R and D? Like, this is like the other thing that people don't say. Like, I love that answer. Like, no, they're made for ten bucks. They're made for this. 
They still put a lot of research and development and advertising into them. Especially the Jordans. Like, the rest of them, all right, they're a sneaker. Those sneakers are, like, like, I just got the 13, the Flints that came out. Those fucking sneakers are badass. And they're white as shit, and they look heavy as fuck. It's amazing. Um, it is funny, though, as, like, you move up the line of Jordans, and, like, you start feeling how much they don't weigh. It's amazing how far and away, like, the everything went. Um... Yeah. What's next? Oh, yeah. No, I, I it just... Like, I, Rick had just probably spent a half a billion dollars fixing Wrigley Field. So how much more money does this guy want to put into the team? Because, like, when you start losing tickets... And and he was one of the owners who, when this whole first thing... This first thing... This thing... This whole thing first started... And they said, okay, here it is, we're May 15th, and, you know, it's kind of stupid to keep holding on to people's money. He was, like, one of the first owners to say, here's a full refund of your tickets up to this point, or to the end of May. And right now, he's probably at the point, like, oh, here's your money back to June. Oh, and there's other, like, and that's the other thing, like, you don't know how many people actually work for these organizations. Like, how many people work in the ticket office? Pull out a yearbook. Pull out a media guide. Damn font on the media guide for, like, the business side of the thing is, like, a, it's a point two font. It's fucking tiny. You know... And they still have to and be operational. And they're going to get furloughed, unfortunately. But yeah. you know who they're fur- like. Here's the sad part. You know who they're furloughing? The people that could, that can't afford to be furloughed. Yeah. Yep. We're like, okay, you can't. I understand it. You can't furlough Theo Epstein. You could. He could still do his job. But in the other hand, are they furloughing people going? Man, you know, the, the, the CARES Act, they can make more money doing that. Okay, I'll do that. Are they really helping people by furloughing? Like, if you're furloughed, can you collect unemployment? Uh, in, in the real-life situation, yes. Yeah. In baseball, so, I, don't, I don't think so. Because Oh, oh no, uh, yes, they I, can. I read, I read, the, I read the, the minor league players... They can't get unemployment. Why not? There was something. It, I think it had to do with their contracts. contracts. Yeah, because they're independent contractors. Yeah. The NHL players, so, when they when they were locked out for the year in 2004-2005, I know of one player who was a member of the New York Rangers, not named Dan Lacatour, who collected unemployment. Yeah, so these guys. Minor league you know, players can't because they're independent contractors. 
but That's major right. league people people could. Yes, because they aren't. But aren't they all, you know, independent nope. contractors? Minor leaguers um, contracts are completely di- the minor league contract is completely different from the major league contract. That's a shame. Hey, look at all the guys losing their jobs. The Yankees just released forty-five guys the other day. Um, and you and you called out Tom Ricketts. Think about that, Angel. You just called out Tom Ricketts. The Yankees are worth well, five, or, or double what four and a half billion. I I did not, you know, I didn't hide it. You know, I called the I called out Ricketts, and I he you know, well, yes, and also I didn't sit here and say. Yankees were, you know, free and clear of any type of wrongdoings that may have upset me. You know, I, I brought the Yankees, not you. So, you know, I listen. No, I was. I'm just messing with you, but like, yeah. if you, no, if, but, it, yeah. it's almost like the Lakers looking for the PPP, the PPE. Right. Right. But like, nobody would have banned an eyelash if they gotten it if they didn't self-report themselves. Like it's the NCAA. Yep. <laughs> Think about that. If they don't self-report themselves, nobody knows nothing. Not a damn thing. And, and if the Lakers said, hey, look, we took it because we wanted to make sure that our ball boys, our ticket takers, our merchandise sellers, our food sellers, our security guys, our locker room attendants, our ticket salespeople, our biz, our behind the scenes people that nobody knows. The our players, businesses. Yeah, you know LeBron's. You know the guy who scrubs LeBron's house when shit gets graffitied on it. Yeah. Our fraternity test doctor, you know, if we wanted to take care of that. Huh. Is that Maury? <laughs> Maury, Maury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I okay. So with this whole quarantine stuff, I actually just found out that Jerry Springer's a judge now. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, go figure. So Jerry Springer's a lawyer. That's true. Yeah. Jerry Springer was the mayor of, was it Cincinnati Cincinnati. or Indiana? And you you wonder how he resorts to something like that. What what are you trying to say? I mean, it's a trashy talk show. A smart man like that had to resolve the trash like that. Well, he's a smart one because he's the one making millions off of it. Again... Yeah, he's but I have to see with a bunch of dumbasses. Again. Yeah, but he's a you, genius. You bring, bring the stupid people in. <laughs> let Steve beat on them. It's the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. To some people. I mean, look, girls have been taking their tops off on the beaches for years. It took one smart guy to say, it's girls gone wild. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> girls gone wild. We've all watched that. Now he has I have, I have. The multi-millionaire. Yeah. 
gotta, you gotta love the life. Hey, people have been fucking in cars for years. It wasn't until Bang Bus came around there they showed people fucking in cars. Right. And not just in the back seat either. No? Bang Bus is one of my favorite sites. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nothing in my life in here. Um, but no, it, it's so funny. Like, he's a genius. <laughs> he's an absolute genius. How do I make boatloads of money? Sure, I go unmarried. I go unmarried with children. I go to Al Bundy, tie me up, and say I have no penis or I have a uterus or whatever. And now I'm a multimillionaire. Judge Judy yeah. makes like $80 million a year for doing that show. All she is is a fucking arbitrator. That Thank show makes more money my mind today. What's that? I saw on TikTok, of all things. They had a list of uh, stars who are athletes, you know, in the past. And, you know, they, they show mm-hmm. the, the person and they show where they played, what school they played, and what, you know, what sport. Yeah. And Ed O'Neill came up, football, Hulk wow. High. So is that actually real? So he did go to Hulk High? <laughs> yeah. My question is, did, did he score the three touchdowns in one game? Four. Is that Four an touch- actual story? Yeah. Oh, whatever. It could be. Oh, I'm sorry. He did play college football. Yes. Yeah. That we know. So that so, the whole thing about not playing in football, you know, that's not true. He did play uh, college ball. Hi, I'm Al Bundy. I scored four touchdowns in one game on this field. I played high school football. Four touchdowns in one game. Do I know you, man? Ever hear of Al Bundy? Oak High, all city, four touchdowns in one game. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. The most famous Polk High football legend. A hint, four touchdowns in one game. You? Well, it's not. Who once had been a mighty athlete in high school and scored four touchdowns in one game. Bundy! (laughs) B-U-N-D-Y, Al Bundy! Made off city back in 66. Four touchdowns. And I'm not talking the whole year. One game. But do not take me lightly. I once scored four touchdowns in a single game for Pokemon. You know, Al, you were really amazing tonight. I mean, four touchdowns in a single game. Ah, oh, babe. That's no big deal. I mean, it's not like it's going to be the highlight of my life or anything. <laughs> really? Angel, you set that up perfectly. It's like you knew I had that on the switchboard. Very good. Well, I, I'm very excited that you actually had that on your board. Well, um, you know why we had that well, on the board. No, ma'am. I don't know. No, ma'am. Uh, it, it came from our discussion of adult versus college or adult versus youth leagues and how much they look like morons going into work right. and telling them. They, yeah. It came from that night. The good old days. Which my dad called a dickhead for doing. But he laughed his ass off when he listened to it. <laughs> yeah, that's where everything was more fun. 
Angel, do you want to do that for like 20 minutes and how the merits of playing competitive sports when you're over over 35? I'm going to do a hard pass on that. It's so my. I can't go 20 minutes, the first I can't go 20 minutes on that one. I, I, I didn't want to do it. Um, dude, I don't get TikTok. I really don't. I did find the cool yeah, it's app. Fun. It's fun. I found the, the greatest app ever, though. It is, is it? Pluto TV. And it has oh, yeah. a 24-7 channel dedicated to the American Gladiators. I heard. Did you watch any of that Ultimate Tag? No. I can't stand the, I can't stand the Watt family. I got to tell <laughs> yeah, you. I'm I sorry. I, I don't know if I'm just that desperate for sports, but I, I actually love it. Sports. I actually love it, man. I, it is fun. Ultimate tag. Dude, there was a night I tuned in to watch the um, to watch the Last Dance episodes 11 and 12, and it wasn't on. I was hurt. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you only went to 10. I know. I'm so upset by that. Now I can't wait for it to go on Netflix. That's one it's of those things. ABC like, now on Saturdays. Not the same. All right, because it doesn't the, have all the uh, F, F this and F that, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think you, the first time for the raw version. Yeah. The first time I realized that I missed sports is when I actually sat through the full WNBA draft. I think wow. that's when I realized I got a problem. Well, guess you know what? The club, I saw it too. You know, I was in Vegas right before. I didn't, like, know, how, I, I didn't know how the Liberty had a thousand picks in this draft. Because they were the suckiest team of last year. Yeah, but they how did you get like are... a thousand picks? Because it's the WNBA draft, everybody gets a thousand. I, I swear to God, they they had what? They had the first pick, then they had eight and nine, and then they came back with twelve and thirteen and fourteen. I'm like, is there any other teams in this league? <laughs> There's seven. You know, I, I was so pissed. I, want, I I didn't even realize like I was in Vegas. I could have like seen that girl from Oregon play. Oh yeah. Who, yeah, the one that Kobe's girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and then we walked like right past a bunch of people wearing like Oregon jumpsuits, and I go, "Fuck, which one is he? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Kobe's friend? Can I snap a selfie? <laughs> is it you? Who are you? Is it you? You. Be like Darius Kasparitis walking outside the garden. Yeah, there's not Anson Carter. I'm Anson Carter. No, you're not. If he dies, he dies. You wish. Casper, I love Casper. He was a fucking piss. Casper was one of my favorite, favorite hockey he, players. He may be one of the funniest individuals going. He gave zero yeah. fucks about anything. It still does. <laughs> Zero point but, you know, zero. I'm a Rangers fan, so you know how I feel about the Islanders. You forget he was a Ranger? No, no, I'm saying, you know, I'm a Rangers fan, so you know how I feel about the Islanders. You know that. Yeah, but did you forget Captain Bright was a Ranger? Yeah, but he's more famous for the Islanders. Yeah. 
Oh, I, dude, we had, Angel, you'll enjoy this story. We had like a tour telling stories the other night. And he told uh, the story about when he got traded to Pittsburgh and put on Mario Lemieux's line. And then showed up like the day they cleaned out their lockers with a Mario Lemieux poster that's been on the wall of his house, of his door, like the door of his room for his entire childhood. Have him sign it. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was like, uh, did you know Craig McTavish drunk drivingly killed somebody? That must be why they like yeah. him so much. He's next Kennedy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I recall that. I'm too young to remember that. Yeah. Another Uncle Ted, Kennedy. I, I finally watched that movie, Chappaquiddick. Oh yeah. I finally, yeah, I finally watched it. And yeah, man, Ted, Ted Kennedy was a scumbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Kennedy. I remember like somebody said like after like J- John Jr. died, and they're like, maybe this is Ted Kennedy's personal hell that he has to watch everybody else it die is. around. I flew uh, to Cape Cod the, about two weeks after Kennedy died. Mm-hmm. And that was some of the scariest shit. Because I'd never been on a small plane like that before. Yeah. It was a small puddle jumper. And I swear to God, you go up 50 feet, you drop straight down 50 feet. You go up 50 feet, you drop down. I was like, can somebody please kill me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah, it's good when you but have yeah, friends that, live that, on the Jeep and you don't have to do all that shit. You just drive to their house. Yeah, I, I was like, screw this. Well, I, I went up there for a girl. So. Oh, well, that's always the that's always the undoing of every guy. Yeah, and I realized at that point, never do anything like that again. Make them come to you. Yeah. Mm, honey, if, you're if I have to leave mainland area, not worth it. No. Agreed. Unless, of course, you're from Hawaii, and that, that's fair game. Well, I think that's different. On a puddle. Yeah. I think we can all make the exception. If you're on an island, it's okay. We, right. we can figure that out. Yeah. We'll work that one out. But if you're on mainland, nah, the hell with that. You come to me. Okay. Um, yeah, before I get in trouble with my wife. Um, yeah. Moving right along. Yeah, like, it's it's almost to the point of, like, we're so in need of sports that even, like, ESPN doing the Ocho doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. What have they ever done with that? Like, I watched, I was, like, I was so starved for sports Sunday night, I watched Cornhole. Cornhole, <laughs> not the same without people watching it. No. Cornhole. Come on, man. We can do ultimate uh, axe throwing. That's always fun. Yeah. Dude, that, let me tell you. That could be dangerous. The, the referee in that is, like, the greatest referee in all sports. Like, I always thought the greatest referee ever was Earl Hebner or the guy from American Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo was a great – he was the greatest referee in, in the history of sports. 
Yes. I, I'd actually go with the referee from American Gladiators. Gladiator, ready? Oh, yeah. Or Earl Hebner. Not Dave Hebner. Dave Hebner sucked. Earl was good. Mm-hmm. Or, Great guy, too. Or the countless times that Stone Cold refereed a match. Um, but, like, it's so funny, like, how those shows... Like, if you put American Gladiators on TV today and you did the same way it used to be... It's called the Ultimate Tag. <laughs> I was going to say... It's like yeah, a, I guess they would consider Ultimate Tag. Seriously, watch this thing. It's the same thing. I I, I got to say, I, I love it, man. It, it's like Ultimate Gladiators. Like, the stupid names. You got Banshee and Dynamite. And, oh, it's... They got this one kid. He's uh, is it is he called the nerd, or I forgot what his name is. But the nerd. He looks like, yeah, he looks like Andy Sandberg. That's a nerd. <laughs> it's right. like it, it, it's his twin. Seriously, if you watch this show, please do. Yeah, I know you have your guy. hatred for for the watch, but you need to watch this show. No, his name is the Geek. That's his name, the Geek. The Geek, the geek is his doppelganger is Andy Sandberg. I don't know if sorry one for him or Andy Samberg. <laughs> yeah, he's barely carrying it live, though. The sad part is I don't even know who Andy Samberg is. Wow. Oh. Oh, no idea. I'm pronouncing his name wrong. It's a dude from Lonely Island, and uh, you know him. Oh, the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Yes. Now, if you'd said the guy that, like, was in Dick in a Box, I would have known who it was. Well, you also I didn't want to carry it live as well. No, I, I just have Dick in the boxes. Box. I just have Dick in the Box on my phone. Dick in the Box. I have a box on my dick right now. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Actually, I have my mm-hmm. phone on, on my box, on my dick. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, dude, seriously, I mean, it's his exact twin. And it, it has all the stupid names. It's the Bulldog. You know, an English, you know, an English guy, of course, gets the Bulldog. <laughs> you know, um, the one guy, he's, he's a guy of African-American descent. I'm, I'm not going to say the other stuff. I don't want to piss anybody off. He is amazing. He's, like, the fastest thing I've ever seen. He had two white guys trying to outrun this guy. He's, like... Standing in front of him. Hey, guys, here, let me take that from you. I mean, it, it is like some must-see TV. If you love American Leg- Gladiators, you will love Ultimate Tag. Mm. And CBS is a new one, too. Uh, game Time or Game On or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. That's going to be even worse. I watched the first episode. Uh, what was that? That was Gronk versus uh, Venus. Yes. That was pretty stupid. Oh, by the yeah, way, RAP well, to um, Bronx Reign as the 24-7-365-7-11-I-95 champion in the WWE. But it's good to see our truth at the belt back. I'm telling you, the fact that WWE is still continuing to make programming every week and make me money which I'm happy for, is tremendous.
Well, you know, between them and the UFC, they've they've done everything right. Well, see, the only problem with the UFC is is that they're the company that bought them is in a world of hurt financially right now because they are basically live promoters. So they need people in the seats. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you read anything about Carl Crawford, but no, basically it comes out that uh, he had, he called his ex-girlfriend over. She came over. She got onto mm-hmm. the apartment. He held her by one hand to the neck and the other gunpoint right in front of her, asking her how long she was going out with a friend of theirs. It's the bitches that get you. Yeah. Oh, wait. The victim claims Crawford arrived at her apartment in Houston on May 8th and unloaded the clip of a semi-automatic handgun before ejecting a round of the pistol. Hmm. Beginning to walk around her holding the firearm. This happened on May 6th. Okay. So. May. Yeah, see, this doesn't say anything about that. And this says this incident comes a week after that a woman and a, and a boy drowned in a pool at Crawford's home on May 16th. Oh, wow. No, this came from so, TMZ. And we all know that TMZ right. is the only. She can well, yeah, like that's really reliable. It well, is it's, right now. It's, it's, it's from TMZ. Yeah, yeah it turns maggots and shitheads. Zip heads. No, I, think, I, Zip think, I look at it this way. I think TMZ has to be more credible than anything it's else. It's tabloid. Yeah, so it's the rest of the world. There's no so truth would take TMZ as a reliable source. Hmm. It is yeah. a reliable source. As reliable as the Inquirer. No, the Inquirer is a top. I'm sorry. Lou, please stop. Don't you know that the men in black use that? So if Tommy Jones can get accurate information from the Inquirer, so can I. So please, pump your brakes. All right. Um, (laughs) But did you see the thing about the UFOs? Hmm. Amazing. Yes. UFO. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't. I'm trying to like find. How much I'm trying to find a story out here that we can actually use. Hey, just think about it. Well, since the quarantine started, the only like normal thing has been Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. Without the quarantine, is that as big as it is? What was that? Mm. Without the quarantine, is is Tiger King as big as it is? No. I still haven't watched the episode. Fuck Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. Is that real? You know, 
I'm sorry. Who who would really watch that show? Unless you were desperate. <coughs> mm. mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so cool! Yay. Hey, my wife made her weekly appearance. Well, I'm friends with her. Sorry. A friend of mine, that's a cowboy stealer, just added my wife on Facebook and asked you that. So there you go. How many people you know can say that? Oh, that's the other thing that channel has. 24-7 cowboy stealer. Uh, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um... What else we have? Do we want to get back into baseball? Because I, I'm yeah. really at the point now with them that it's like. Well, uh, I think the one thing I am going to say, if baseball mm-hmm. does not get played, they are fucking morons because. Ain't that the truth? You can't. You cannot lose more ground to the NBA, and now you're going to have the NBA and the NHL dominating. When you're supposed to be playing, this this is your time of year. This is and not- I look so certain to be that way too. That you know, a few weeks ago, that we thought a deal was going to be in place, and now it's all shot to hell. Oh, 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 labor oh, piece oh, down oh, the tube. We, yeah. Don't use we. Okay. <laughs> use you, because I. Okay, I thought. All right. I was speaking. I was speaking the general population. I don't think the general population cares about. Lou, hmm. you, you and I, we're the majority here, so you can say we. Because you okay. and I did think that, you and know, we thought that uh, baseball would be back. And it wouldn't be, you know, all this crazy bullshit that's going on. Um, right. And once again, when, when you're looking at, you know, everything, in my point of view, you have a contract, you have a contract, you have responsibilities to meet, to meet that contract. So... They're already taking a devaluation because they're prorating the contract. You can't ask anybody in their right mind to give up 75% of whatever salary they're going to get. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's hard pill for anybody to swallow, let alone the strongest union in America. Mm-hmm. But there's still a chance. You know, like I said, you know, you saw the two extreme numbers. Right, you saw the two extreme numbers. MLB PA wanted 114. Owners counteracted with 50. There's yes. a middle ground. There's a middle ground here. Um, I talked. I said it to George last week, where if you were talking about deferrals, and we brought deferrals into the picture in terms of the salary. Oh, mm-hmm. Originally, in the I original deal that, signed in March, there were deferrals. Right. So. If they talk about those deferrals, and so Garrett Cole, who's making thirty-six million dollars this year, on based on an eighty-two game schedule, that's going to drop to shit twenty-seven. Uh, no, whatever it is, and then to ask them to take eight, yeah, that's that's wrong. However, if you're going to defer the eleven million dollar difference mm-hmm. over the next three or four years, then hey, that's okay. You're getting your salary relief up front if you're the owners. And if players aren't getting a devaluation even more on their contracts, you can live with that. Max Scherzer has a seven-year uh, – I forgot what his deferral is. 
I read something very interesting the other day. In 2004, Brett Saberhagen started his annual deferrals with the Mets. That's going to pay him until 2050, I think it is. Or 20, or I forgot the, the year. But he started his annual deferrals of, I think he was getting 75000 a year. Mm-hmm. And of course, Bobby Bonilla is the greatest deferral of all, at yeah. uh, one hundred and I'm sorry, one point six million or one point nine million mm-hmm. a year for the next twenty eight years. When he, all he was owed was five million dollars, <laughs> I don't understand that that math. Yeah, uh, but then when you look at when the Texas Rangers went bankrupt. Or the owner went bankrupt. Yeah. Hicks? Yeah, when Hicks went bankrupt and when they took him to bankruptcy court and his biggest creditor was A Rod. A Rod. A Rod. You know. Yeah. Uh, here's a Met fan bashing A Rod. I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, remember. So am I. I love Alex Rodriguez. I, you'll never hear me say a bad word about him. I despise him. That's because you're a Jeter guy. <laughs> Listen, I never rooted against A-Rod, but A-Rod was never my guy. No, I was that's at, funny. I was, I was at the game that he returned to baseball after the year-and-a-half uh, suspension. I was yeah. at that game. It was uh, Yankees versus Detroit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, did, I didn't cheer him. I didn't boo him. I put my hands in the pocket and just watched the game. Like, everybody had, had a strong reaction. Either you cheered or you booed. I hadn't either. And, that, because and that's the thing. Like, I'm a Yankee fan, yeah. and I need you to cash in on me. And that's the team the thing, is like, more important than you. And, and that's the thing that people forget about baseball. Baseball is a individual sport played on a team with a team mentality. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dinero. Except for Teixeira, because fuck him. That guy's... Him and Posada were the two worst contracts the Yankees ever signed. Stop. Posada is one of my favorites as well. Posada is a borderline Hall of Famer. No, he's not. Not even close. Name name me one catcher that did what he did during his time. He was a switch hitting catcher. For a catcher, he hit for decent average. He was usually around 285. 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. He was a good offensive catcher, borderline Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that I'm putting him into the Hall of Fame, but he's very deser- deserving of his plaque in Monument Park. No, very he's deserving. not. Uh, 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 yes, he is. No, he's not. If O'Neill's mm-hmm. number is not on the wall there, his doesn't belong out there. O'Neill wasn't a career Yankee. Who cares? Neither was Reggie Jackson. Right, but but Re- Reggie, let, let's relax there. Reggie was a Hall of Fame player. O'Neill was not. No, and you I'm know, not so saying even though even though even though Reggie was a small part of the Yankees, he was a Hall of Fame player. You know, he was you know, he was Reggie, dominant player when he played. O'Neill was never a dominant player. O'Neill was always O'Neal a strong was player. Of- and soul of that team. 
Mm. O'Neill and Posada were the heart of the yeah. They, they were the most baby. part. No, Posada was a crybaby bitch at the end of his career. That's true. The same thing that got Nomar Garcia Parra run out of Boston got Posada's number retired in Yankee Stadium. I don't want to hit eight. I don't want to play first base. Shut the fuck up, dude. You're a terrible catcher. Dude, he hit eight in the lineup. He he was hitting eighth in the lineup in the heyday. Yeah, because he couldn't hit above eighth in the lineup in the heyday. Their lineup was stacked. Their, Their lineup was that team from top to bottom gave you no breaks. None. No. None. No, it didn't. Yeah. What was it? It was Knobloch, Jeter, Bernie, uh, O'Neill. No, um, Bernie had three. Bernie had four. Whatever. <laughs> Tino. Yep. You know, Brocious was a number nine hitter. And he, all he did was win a you know, batting title, right? The one year he, he won a batting title? Where he came close to it. Yeah. So that team was a loaded team. I think Sierra hit in that lineup, and he hit usually ahead of uh, Posada because he had no, more power. Sierra was, when was Ruben Sierra there? Sierra, you had uh, – he was on the 96 team. Uh, yeah, Strawberry was on the 96 for, team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they traded him for Cecil Fielder. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. I know I'm right. Big Daddy. Here, most common lineups from oh, – they don't have batting position. Fuck. Just, just give me the playoffs, the players, and we can go from there. No, I just pull up like a fucking game when, like, the whole entire regulars were in there. You know, and, and here's um, another thing. Bernie Williams is a borderline Hall of Famer, too. Yeah. And then when you factor in that... Bernie was in the clutch, though. Bernie was well, clutch. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Knobjob, Jeter, O'Neal, Tino, Bernie, Strawberry, Curtis. Chad Curtis. Uh, Rocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he did hit eight. In those lineups, he would be hitting fifth or sixth. Because you're not putting Chad Curtis, you're not putting uh, Roche just ahead of him. He was the, the fifth, sixth hitter in that lineup. Where? In who, Bernie? No, uh, Posada. I think Bernie was generally the number three. Here's my problem with Posada. Hmm. When they had Girardi, Grant was the beginning of his career. When he had to play full-time, his defensive numbers went to shit. Trust me, I wrote the blog. And I called him a fucking grumpy old fuck. To the point right. that his wife sent me a really nasty worded email. Ooh. <laughs> I wish I still had that email. You know what's you funny we're talking it? about this? Oh, it's like we're 11 years old. Right now. And, I, and I happen to have a baseball in my hand that I didn't notice. But it's no. a 2001 uh, Yankee baseball with all the names on it. Mm-hmm. I could have helped you out there. Sorry. I was looking. 
was going to say, I made you look on the computer. I actually had it in my hand. <laughs> Enrique Wilson, baby. Head Lily. This is a squad. Yeah. Yeah, but you look at, like, Posada, like you, you look at Posada's numbers at, as his career progressed. See, when I look at the whole Baseball Hall of Fame, especially, because the writers are such a bunch of fucking jackwagons, you have to be the best player in your position. At least in hockey. Incorrect. Incorrect. How is it? Oh. Harold Baines is in a Hall of Fame. Harold Baines got but Harold play. Baines wasn't voted. No, no, no. Harold Baines was not voted in by the writers. Right. Harold Baines got in because Tony Larusa loves him, and he's got dirt on Tony Larusa. Suck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Curry Puckett got in, was he the greatest player in center field during his time? No. He was one of them. No. No. But everybody liked Junior, but, ha- Junior, hands down, was the better center fielder. Yeah, but there, there, there were like ships passing in the night. Because if you take the first half of Kirby's career before Junior, yeah, but all right, Robin so Junior Yow. was. Yeah, but you're saying like I'm saying you have to be in the top like three or four in the game for the majority of your career. Like, if you're saying Bernie's a Hall of Famer, so is Jim, Jim Edmonds. Because defensively, Jim Edmonds. And, and, and I do agree with borderline Jim Edmonds because he was. Jim Edmonds was a five times better defensive player than Bernie was. He he could probably play Dude, right now. Went over Bernie's head and he the glove out. When Bernie used to flash the glove out on a ball hit over his head, it used to annoy the fuck out of me. Because nobody right. knew he was. Everybody knew he wasn't catching the ball. Yes. He was overrated defensively. I give you that. Posada is a career far. 273 hitter. Never linked steroids. Who? Right. Posada. Posada. How many career home runs? Yeah, how many career home runs? 250? 275. Okay. For a catcher, how many games has he played? As a catcher, you know, yeah, you get in this type of production from a catcher. In the, you know, and once again, you have to back the numbers down from like the, the juice heads that played. So you're not looking for the 700 home runs that. Uh, no, I'm not saying did. that, but yeah. like, but was he a better? But when you look at it, like, take the production wise, and you look at the catchers that wise, played, in, and you take the catchers in the that American were in his, East, you're taking Pudge over him. Very. Ivan Rodriguez was the best catcher in that period. That, that's hands down. Right, that's even in the... I'll be back next week, guys. Good night. Okay. All right, Lou. No question. You know, you take, take Veritek. I would not take Veritek. Sorry. I would. Veritek was a much better catcher. N- I'm going to disagree. So, yeah, in his career, think... 285 or better. One, two, 
three times. Three times. Mm-hmm. Four times. No. And what about Eric? Three times. I wasn't looking at him. I was just saying overall, I thought Eric was a better catcher. Um. Veritek's numbers, first off, offensively, don't even compare. He, he caught 1,500 games behind the plate. 1,574 games behind the plate. Started 1,500 games. Or started 1,400. Uh, let's see. I'm going to play right now. So Veritek had a 24 war, 193 home runs, and a 256 batting average. But called a great game. How many gold gloves has he won? Zero. Who, Veritek? Yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Don't forget. No, I'm looking at it right now. Zero. Most of his career had Pudge in it. And as did Fatata. Yeah, like Gold Glove to me, Gold Glove lost all its credit when Rafael Palmeiro won over Tino. I agree. I agree. After all, he does have like, one Gold Glove. Who, Veritek? Yeah, in 2005. Hmm. Which happened yeah. to be, looks like his best, I think that's his best season for war, was 2005. Yeah, and I don't even look at war because I don't understand it. Because I think it's a stupid fucking stat. I, I think it has its place. I think it has its place. Uh, yeah, like Posada's war it's, is it's 42.7 for his career. Yes. So basically double what Veritech is. What's Veritech's? 24.2. For his career? Yep. Wow. See, like, yeah, I had exactly. to figure, like, that's an objectionable stat, though. Like, I, like I said, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I'm curious Wait, who the fuck what the up? Pudge was. So Pudge, which we agree is the better, better of anybody there, he was a 68.7. Yeah, what's Piazza? Because Piazza was the best hitting catcher in the game. Wow. You're not going to like this. This war's one. probably terrible. Yeah, but uh, I'm telling you, if you put 59.6 59.6 59. was Piazza. Yeah, that was all yeah. from the stick. All from the stick. 420. Now, I haven't, you know, I can't tell you how, you know, my father-in-law is a Met fan, my brother-in-law is a Met fan. So, unfortunately, I watched a lot of Mets games during this time period. Mm-hmm. And, boy, can you just walk to second base when him and Al Leiter were together. Oh, my God. But, you know, if, but here's the thing. Like, you look at, like, Pettit, or you look at Posada's best years throwing runners out, had a lot to do with Andy Pettit. A lot yes. to do with that. With Andy. So well, Andy Pettit has, and still has, the greatest pickoff I've ever seen. Oh, it's the greatest balk move I've ever seen. Because it it's was a balk, perfect- he doesn't break his leg. No, and I know, but it's, 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 yeah, he perfected it. Like, when you look at, like, just beside, like, even if you take out, like, 96, because he had eight at bats, 
right? Like, just take that year out. He was there, what, 15 years? 08, he played 50 games. 97, he played 60 games. So if you take those two years and put them together and make one full season out of them, it wasn't a great year. But, like, I I look at catchers. Like, if you get anything offensively out of a catcher, in my opinion, it's gravy. Yes. It's like Gary Sanchez. The fact that you get everything offensively means that you could be the shittiest catcher in baseball. And, yeah, I think that's overrated and that's overblown because the guy has an absolute cannon. Yeah, the problem is he can't catch the ball. Yeah, right. But he has an absolute cannon. So if he could fix those fundamentals are that's blocking him. Holy shit. Yeah, but that that's you that's know, work that's work ethic and he and his work ethic shit. His work ethic so is shit. Yes, yeah, since we're talking about catchers. Oh here you go. This think, is from fan side did comparing MLB's best players at every position from the 2000s and 2010s. It's almost funny how that came up. Okay, so... Um, Here you go. Here's one one catcher that recently retired that I believe will be in the Hall of Fame. And his career war isn't that much better than Posada's. Who's that? Joe Joe Mauer. 55.3 career war. He's a Hall of Fame catcher. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player, I think. His career wasn't okay. a huge career. It was only 15 years. But multiple, what, three-time batting champion, MVP. Now, now, see, like, listen to this. So, this thing has, it must be like a Yankee-generated article. Um, <laughs> or, like, it's Yankee writer, because it looks like it's on the Yankee part of the site. Okay. Um. Posada versus Buster Posey. And I don't consider them to be contemporaries. Right. They, like you were talking with the other two. Ships in a the night. They, they pass along the same route there. Yeah. Where if, like, you look at like the 2000s because like 1999 was the first year that Posada was the Yankees' everyday catcher. Mm-hmm. He had a good 10-year run. Like I don't think the end of his career was anything. Like I, I just I, I look at the last 10 years of his career and it was shit. But he missed an entire season in 2008. So you'd almost have to compare guys who like. You'd almost have to compare him to, like, A.J. Pruszynski, the guy who played the majority of that. Yeah. Like, you'd almost have to compare him against those guys. And against A.J. Pruszynski, yeah, A.J. Pruszynski is a shittier catcher of the two. It's definitely Jorge. Well, he was a better – I think he was a better defensive catcher. But you talk about A.J. Pruszynski, his contemporary wouldn't be Posada. His contemporary would be more of Jason Veritek. You know, solid – Decent, you know, good, good D first, can handle a bat, nothing. You know, he's not going to carry your team offensively, but he can handle oh. a bat. Uh, but then again, Veritek never, 
but like if you look at it, like there were his, years. Actually, with, AJ's AJ's war is comparable to Veritex. Twenty three point five. Uh, twenty three point yeah, twenty three point eight. That's more of a like, contemporary match. But then, all right, so then I, I just thought of, like, one more guy, if you're going to just, with Posada, Yachty Molina. He's That's the one that took the crown. Yeah, like, he's the one that took the crown from Rodriguez. So when you, like, you really start looking at it, it was like, it was Pudge and it was Piazza. As a catcher of the baseball, I'd take Girardi over Posada. But Posada would be Pus- more valuable Pus- because of his bat. Well, Posada becomes more valuable because of his bat. But well, I'd Piazza, still take... The, the only reason why you're taking Piazza over uh, over Posada is because of his bat. <laughs> I, defensively, I put oh, Posada ahead of him. If you, if, if you gave Mike Piazza Jorge Posada's arm... And the problem with Piazza was he was just too big. Like, he was too muscular to throw. Same, same as uh, as Gary Sanchez, I, I would say. That they're too big. Yeah. Well, Gary Sanchez's problem is is that he doesn't want to put the work in. Um, so, just to give you a quick heads up, Yadier mm-hmm. Molina's uh, career war is 40.1. See, so like, once again, low, but yeah, he's, he's like, low Posada, and but, he played longer than Posada. But if you think about it, what is, like, how do you, the eye test gives you Yadier Molina. The eye test gave you Mike talk, You're talking about pure, if you talk about the pure catching position, yeah. pure catching position, you're talking Molina. Molina couldn't hold. Well, I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to disrespect Molina. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a, he's a very good hitter. He's extremely clutch. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to put him down. But, you know, batting-wise, and what he meant to a lineup, Posada is the superior player in that. You know, yeah. Yeah, and what's the end? I love but who, Yadier but Molina. The end, but when it comes to that, who's one more? Posada's one more. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? World Championships? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yadier's won three. Two or three. Two times. Twice. He won two World, Sada, two World Series Championships. Posada won four. Really three, because he wasn't the starter in 98. That was Girardi. But he still won. Yeah. You know, cut, cut it however however way you want to cut it. Yeah. Three, I, four, I, still, still more. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I, that, see, that, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I think catching in St. Louis yeah. is a lot tougher, though, because it's a lot more human. But, you know, my point when I brought this up is, and I think we're proving it right now by having a discussion of all these great catchers. Yeah, but if you start looking at war, like if I'm looking at them at the eye test, like I I didn't need defensive war to tell me Derek Jeter couldn't go up the middle for a ground ball. Like I I could see that. But everything hit at 
anything hit where Jeter can catch, he made the plays. And, you know, he, you know, know, I I had this debate with somebody, and I'm curious about how you feel. Hmm. Overall shortstop, who are you taking, Jeter or Ozzie Smith? Overall shortstop, unfortunately, I'd have to finally fucking agree that Derek Jeter was better. And, you know, people keep knocking Jeter as a defensive liability. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, he was, no, he was. Jeter was never a defensive liability. Nobody fielded a short. Uh, nobody fielded the short hop better than Jeter. My problem with Jeter goes back. And he back. actually has a play named after him. He has the jump throw. <laughs> yeah, that's a signature Jeter. You know, play. It's named after him because he did it the best. He has the jump yeah. throw. He had more iconic. He had more iconic. He had more iconic defensive play. Ozzie Smith was. Ozzie Smith was great, but he played on turf. He played eighty. He I played think, probably 120 games a year on turf. I think that helps you because out. because you get more mature. It, it absolutely does. Out. Yeah. Especially that turf not, that they played on then, where it was like fucking sandpaper. Ball hit the ground yeah. and it rolled. Um, and, and Ozzie Smith was nothing more than a back was a fucking backflip going out to the field. Um. But I don't think Ozzie Smith was better than Cal Ripken. I think Cal Ripken was a better shortstop than Jeter. I think A-Rod's a better shortstop than Jeter. I think Tulowitzki's a better shortstop than Jeter. I think Xander... I would give you... I would give you I think Xander Bogarts... I think Bogarts would be a better shortstop than Jeter. But then again, that's that two ships passing at night. I thought Nomar was better than Jeter. I thought no, defensively, I, Ray Ordonez was better than Jeter. Ray Ordonez is – okay, so my top gloves. If I had to just pick on pure gloves, I loved Ordonez. I thought he was better than Vizquel in terms of defense. And, again, That's Omar Vizquel is a guy who played forever. He was and a compiler. So. He was a compiler at the end. Yeah. So was Jeter at the end. Well, is it really compiling? That's what he told 2012 to 2014, like those last three years of Jeter when Cashman really didn't want to resign him because he wanted to get younger there, and Jeter yeah. held up the organization. Cashman was fine with letting him leave in 2012. It was the Yankees that couldn't have him play anywhere else. Okay, so Jeter's last three years. Well, 2014... Well, okay, let's go with the last two years. 13, 12, 13. he got hurt. 12, oh, he got 14, hurt at the end of 12. Right. Yeah, he only played, what, 17 games in 13. So yeah, his last that was a shit. full season yeah. was the only season that he really didn't perform, 256. But 2012. Oh, I'm not he, saying he wasn't a tremendous hitter. 297. Oh, no, Derek was a great hitter. 334. Yeah. You know, the, the guy – Perform his he whole contract. He's neutered Brett Gardner's yeah. running ability. No, well, no, 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 no. no. no he neutered he Brett Gardner's neuter. running It was the front office no. that neutered. Uh, no, yeah. it was Jeter because, because Jeter was swinging at the first pitch. But Jeter's no longer on the team. Jeter's been gone for six years. Well, that's true. Brett Gardner, and, and now, Brett Gardner and now the thing with Gardner is, is that the front office has completely neutered his running ability. Listen. 
Brett Gardner should be in the top 10 of steals every single year. Yeah. Every single year. Gene Michael, before he passed away, said that he should should be running all the time. Yeah. He doesn't run. And, you know, when you watch him play, I love Gardy, and I hate to say I'm going to say something negative here, but I don't think he, he gets good jumps. He, he sits there and waits for four to five pitches to even attempt to run. He never runs well, early on the count. But I think, but see, like, I saw Gardy in, through the minors. That's a front office thing. And, and that's, it what also, that's a, that's that's a front office thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the downward trend of Gardy running started when he was hitting one. He was him lead off the witch eater behind them. Well, you know, here's my flip to this. You seeing what G, what Gardy has done in his career, I, I think you can agree with me. He never runs early in the count, right? Not any, no. But he did. He used to though. Well, I remember back I, in I, like I, I've always seen him. Five or six. He, it was him and oh, it was a Justin Christian. We're in Trenton together. Teams were afraid to walk those guys because they've turned into a triple. But once they came to the major leagues, that got neutered. Well, that's that, that's because baseball's gotten neutered with running. Right. But, like, I wish I, – and actually, I, I mentioned this on the show before. Mm-hmm. I would love to see the speed game brought back to major league baseball. Yeah. I would well, I love so. to see – I would love to see somebody challenge – Ricky Henderson's records, because I'll tell you right now, and once again, I am a diehard Yankee fan. I will, I am unapologetic for that. But when Mattingly won his MVP, he should have given half of that to Ricky Henderson, because Ricky uh-huh. fucking destroyed the pitchers. They were so shook with Ricky on base that Donnie did Donnie, and Donnie crushed the ball that whole season. He didn't miss. And no, that, and, but see, like, that that's part the was because of Ricky Henderson. But that's the other thing that comes out of this, like the the running thing too. It's there's so much more analytics now. There's so much more video now. Like you would you would assume with like, all the video, you would assume with all the video, you could pick up on everybody's head. If you gave this video to Ricky Henderson right now, he'd still 200 bases in one season. Invariably. But uh, do catchers have better arms now? Bro, I'm sorry. You know, you get somebody smart like Ricky with his speed. Yeah, I wouldn't say like, smart like that. Just his speed. Listen, Ricky had Ricky had baseball smarts. No, um, no, you know what? Ricky had everything smarts because Ricky knew how to play people. And he, boy, Rick, can he get on base? Yeah. He'd take his walk. Well, that's, the other, that, okay. that's the other big problem with Gardner is that he doesn't get on base enough to go. Like, that's the other thing, like, with, with base run, like, with good base runners. What wins a stolen base title every year? 40? Right now? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Like, who was the kid that, that Cincinnati had that was, like, fucking green? Billy Hamilton. Lightning? Billy Hamilton, the guy can never get on base. So who cares how fast he is? Tremendous, you know, de- tremendous defensive defensive outfielder. Because he's a, he's he's a he's, yeah he's a 
he's as fast as smacking a greased pig on the ass. But, you know, if guys can't get on base, it doesn't fucking matter. And Gardy, here, Gardy's problem is, he's kind of like Willie Mays Hayes. He's got a great swing and can hit the ball hard. Right where, like, Bernie, if Bernie had, like, long-distance speed, right, Bernie hits the ball into yeah. the gap, it's a triple. And it's beautiful. Gardy hits the ball into the gap, right? Gardy hits the ball into a gap, it's, it's a definite triple. So you can't steal a base from third base. You know, and it's just the hey, way – and I think the other if part the is the way say, don't, don't, steal, don't steal home. Don't steal home. I'm okay with that. But, yeah, you know, we got to get back to running. You well, know, that's, that's how but the that's Royals are. the problem, though. It's that these teams, like you, like you were using war, their analytical departments say don't run because there's a chance of making – that's an undue chance of making an out. Yeah, but when the best best uh, base dealers are stealing at eighty percent clip, you know mm-hmm. you got to weigh the pros and, and cons of it and say you're getting eighty percent success rate to get the person in scoring position, and a single, just a regular single, drives a run scores, especially when yeah. right, especially when we when we're stealing bases. We're not talking about facade stealing. You know, mm-hmm. O'Neill was great. Why? Because O'Neill sold bases. He, he wasn't a fast guy. No, he knew when to go. Exactly. It, and that's what you got to bring back. You got to bring back the smarts. You got to bring back the aggressive play. Like I was saying, when Kansas City beat the Mets in the World Series, did they hit mm-hmm. home runs? No, no, they pressured the shit out of the Mets. I, I have long said, I remember there was a, it was a Sunday, I think it was like 2012, Yankees-Mets, and the Yankees had bases loaded in like I don't know seventh or seventh or eighth inning. Not one grand, not one ball was hit out of the ballpark. They put it up a snowman. Grand slams are nice, but it takes the pitcher off the hook. You keep walking, you know. You keep working counts. You keep walking guys. You get base hit here or blue base hit here. <coughs> bases never unclogged, and pitchers aren't pitching from the windup. Pitchers don't want to pitch from the windup. They want to pitch from the stretch. The problem, though, is today is that outside of, like, John Lester, who I can't believe never learned a pickoff move or never got over his fear of throwing the first base, which is a real thing for him. Like, ground yeah. balls back to Lester are a fucking – like, it's it's a clown. It was ground you ball. almost want to play – like he didn't even want to throw oh, yeah. the ball from from defensively. Like get you hit a ground ball at him, you have a great chance of getting on base. Yeah. <laughs> he is a gong show when it comes to throwing the ball at first base. Which is funny because he throws you know, missiles to second. You know what the funny thing is? <laughs> the, the Cubs will take that every day of the week. Absolutely. They, they, he's a, they accept his flaws. Why? Because he is a bona fide ace. I don't know about the word ace. Okay, ace, ace in, ter- in terms of being a dominant pitcher, I'd say no. But no, that's the guy he's with, the guy. He's an innings eater. He's the guy that 
You're right. He's the guy that they'll take the ball in his hands and give you everything. Every fifth and, day, he's a, he's a he's an ace in the way. David Cohn to me is one of the greatest aces ever. I agree because David Cohn gave you if, even if he gave you five, they were five gutty gritty innings. Where you look at other guys who are aces, and they can't like if Tanaka has a bad day. It's a shit show. If CeCe had a bad day, it was a shit show. If you Lester know, has a, a bad day, it's five. It's, it's a five-inning game. I'll give you know, Moose. I'd take, I would take Cone over Randy Johnson. Because if Randy, Randy didn't have his stuff, he was a shit show. Mm-hmm. He, I, I don't think Randy Johnson could gut a game. No. Of any, and you saw of anywhere near. Game. Yep. You know, he couldn't gut a game throw if his life depended on it. And that, you know, once again, you're talking about one of the greatest left-handed pitchers of all time. There's a difference. Oh, Randy Johnson was never a pitcher. Randy Johnson was always a thrower. When he had to learn how to pitch, it was shit. I agree. There's a guy who pitched so long in the National League that he got used to taking a breath. Every nine hitters. He had one, maybe two breaths every nine. You don't have a breath in an, an American League lineup. Nope. Every good team, even every city, like, look at that one year at, when the American League East, they had every fucking lineup was a devastating lineup. Boston with Manny and David. Uh, Yankees yeah. with Tino, O'Neill, Bernie. Uh, here, uh, uh, no. Tampa Bay with, with oh, Gloria, Manny, Crawford. Manny never faced the Yankees. Ortiz well, and, I gave and Man- Yeah, I gave for Boston. Yeah, that was 03. But that, that wouldn't have coincided with the Yankees' great teams. That would have been like Giambi and Sheffield. Right, still a great lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so Crawford and, and Longoria and the boys over there at Tampa. Uh, that was what, what did Toronto have at, at what did Toronto have? But they've never all been good at the same time. Because Carl Crawford didn't become Carl Crawford in like till 2008. And him and Longoria were 2008. Okay. And man, and at that point, Manning was gone. But then you had the laser show and, and Ortiz. Like, I would take going back to this, like, I would take Dustin Pedroia over Robinson Cano. You'd have As to say no to that because... All-around all around ball player, I'd take, I'd take Pedroia over Cano any day of the week. But, that, but then you got to factor in injuries. You know, it, you know for a longevity, <laughs> a longevity of a career... Well, the problem is Pedroia's last Cano couple years. It's Cano hand... Yeah, if Cano and Pedroia both... Here's my problem with the, the Cano-Pedroia. Would you take... No. Would you rather have a guy who leaves it on the field every day than a guy who leaves it in the clubhouse every day? There's your one major difference between the two. Pedroia was never, ever accused of flaking. Whereas, you know, no. on a ground ball, you, you got Cano pimping down the street there. 
No, and and, that, and that's why. See, like I maybe it's because I look at baseball differently than most people. Like there are certain positions that I want gutty guys. Like I want gritty guys. You know, like I want my catcher to be a grinder. I want my first like my prototypical first baseman is Tino Martinez. But I like grinders. I want guys who are going to grind out at bats. Like if you if I put a team together of my which spans to like 1982, but we'll start with like 1986 because that's when I first started getting into baseball. Like my my roster, you would be like, holy shit. And then you put them in a video game and you're like, holy shit. But it's not, I'm not going to like, like I would take Pedroia over Cano. I would take Tino over the rest of the first baseman. I would take A-Rod at short and put, like, I'll put him in my third base. Probably wind up putting, like, Todd Frazier at third just because he's, you know, Todd Frazier. Well, if, you, if you're going for, from 86, then you got to put Boggs at third. Boggs is yeah, another grinder that, you <clears throat> Yeah, but I'm sure there's like I was having trouble with third baseman because I'm think, like trying to think off the top of my head. Like catcher right now, I'm I'm torn between putting Gary Carter back there or JT Real Muto. You gotta go Real Real Muto. Yeah, but Gary Carter. Yeah, they... See, there's a difference though. Gary, like Gary Carter was the best catcher of the '80s. It wasn't until his body started to break down in like eighty seven, eighty eight, or like eighty eight, when everything had like fell off for him. When did he retire? Ninety one. Yeah, ninety ninety one. Like eighty eight was his last good year. And I'm not even looking it up because I'm just I'm pretty much going off because that like Met team in '88 was fucking phenomenal. How that team never won more? Well, because there wasn't a fucking wild card then. Well, they're all coked up. And the fact that the fucking the baselines had to go from chalk to spray paint because they were all doing them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he retired after. 92 was his last season. Yeah, he was with, what, the Dodgers and Giants, and he was a shell of himself. Montreal. Oh, he went home. Yeah, he went home. So he did 90 with the Giants, 91 with L.A., and they went home. And he really was after 87 was his last good year. Yeah, and then, then his knees went. Yeah, when his knees started to go, he turned into Jake Taylor. I think Jake Taylor w- was made after Gary Carter. I think so. Well, they made Jake Taylor after Gary Carter, and um, Rue Baker was na- was after Mackie Sasser. <laughs> I shit oh, you God, not. How, 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 no, no, I'm just, I, I laugh because it's true. I actually I had Mackie Sasser on the show like 10, 11 years ago. And I asked him about that. And he said, yep. 
He said, I didn't think it was funny until about three years after it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mackie Sasser was a tremendous catcher. He just had the yips. Dude, he, well, you know, how many players did have the yips before? Steve Sachs. You got Knobloch had Knobloch. the yips. Oh, my God. Dude, when Knobloch had his yips, I, I just wanted to bury myself. The funniest thing was when Knobloch was in the outfield, no yips. Hard hit ground ball, Knobloch had no yips. It was when he had time to wait. Dude, he was a decent outfielder. He was. He didn't do. He didn't do bad at all. I was watching. Um, finally, with the whole Disney Plus thing, I love Disney Plus, and I was able to finally start watching. And I've been watching it over and over and over. Is the <laughs> Simpsons episode with uh, Homer at bat? I mean, <laughs> I mean what? what what greatness. And, you know, I don't let my boys, they're still a little too young for Simpsons. I don't let them watch South Park. But that episode, and, like, my wife, she gets mad at me if I let them watch it. So really? co-parenting more with, with her, on, you know, taking the lead there. But I let them watch that episode of Simpsons. I'm like, honey, there's nothing wrong here. This is, like, the greatest episode in the history of of anything. Um, I didn't realize I they did many sports. I it. I didn't realize The Simpsons did so many sports episodes. Oh my Until god! They had the one episode, the, the, what the Super Bowl episode where uh, the kicker uh, broke his leg, and his leg went yeah. fly, you know, rolling over and kicked the ball a second time, and made sure it went over the upright. Um, you know they they haven't really touched uh, hockey though. No, there's like one I think. I see on Disney Plus when I start watching like old sports cartoons, I watch like the Goofy does golf and do Goofy. Oh my god, dude, those are hysterical. The Goofy skiing, dude. I mean, like my heart melts when I see my boys laughing to that. Because oh my god, and they're seventy, eighty years old. Think about that. They're eighty years old and they're still laughing their asses off. I mean, there's nothing better, dude. I mean. Yeah, you know, like I, I told my boys, and I know there's no really Saturday morning cartoons anymore. No. But I tell them every Saturday morning, I'm like, guys, take the control, go down there, pop on the cartoon, just run cartoons all morning long. I'm okay with it. And my was... boys, they'll go down there, and they'll watch like the old classic Disney stuff, and like they, I hear them laughing from my room. It's the greatest thing ever. Maybe it's like. <laughs> It's like my Saturday mornings used to be cartoons, wrestling, American Gladiators. Wasn't it? Wasn't Glow on Saturday mornings as well? Like Saturday afternoon, like around one o'clock. Glow, my I. You know what? I never watched Glow. It was wrestling. I I, I watched it. I didn't watch Glow, but or or what was, was that other one? Um, so like I would do like wrestling, Saved by the Bell. What was that other one? Yeah. Time. And then it was like American Gladiators. That was my Saturday morning. Until I started playing hockey, and then that ended. And I couldn't wait for, like, the three weeks between hockey season ended and baseball season started. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that, Saturday mornings were, were the best. The kids would never understand what a true Saturday morning cartoon day is. No. Bro, I, I I remember just couldn't wait to watch Muppet Babies. <laughs> if you ask me to right now, I could probably sing the fucking theme song from it. 
That's how sad it is. That's not sad, dude. That's that's that shows that's me not a sad. Because <laughs> if it's sad, I gotta put myself down. So that's not <laughs> sad. But seriously, man, like you you hit it right in the head. Like it, it was. You're watching. Um, I watched Voltron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to have a Voltron huge, bike. Little tricycle. I had a plastic. I would, I would have punched Voltron. you in the face and I would have taken it. <laughs> and I would have okay. ripped off your Jordans. Come to my neighborhood to find out. Did I show you what I just got? No. I, I find it. Hold on. But yeah, so yeah, it was Thundercats. It was... Um, Wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Do we do Connor yet? Uh, breaking news, Brian McWilliam of The Score reports the MLB PA resoundingly rejects additional salary reductions. It's un- in this time of unprecedented suffering at home and aboard, which probably should be abroad, but Tony Clark can't smell. Uh, players want nothing more than to get back to work and provide baseball fans with the game we all love, but we cannot do this alone. Earlier this week, MLB communicated its intention to schedule a draft dramatically short in 2020 season unless players negotiated salary concessions. The concessions are being sought are in addition to billions in player salary reductions that have already been agreed upon. The league's demand for additional concessions was resoundingly rejected. You know, you know when they offer 50 games, you knew the, the, I mean, the players were going to take that. Just like the yeah. players knew that by offering 114, the owners weren't going to take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Miller, who is a, who is a member of the MLBPA's executive subcommittee, affirmed the players' intention to get back on the field as soon as possible, but not in exchange for the demands of the league. We want to play. We always have. Miller told Ken Rosenthal. We also want. We also won't lose sight of our principles and rights. Players are engaged like I've never seen before. Every day through this, through this. Each of the fact of those factors is reinforced. We hope to be on the field as soon as possible. They have as a kill date June ninth. And that's next week. Yep. It's next Tuesday. Tuesday. Like I said, there's there's common ground here. Yeah, I do agree with the players where taking additional salary cuts isn't appropriate. However, you know, they do have some deferrals knocked in. Let's increase those deferrals. Yeah, you know, let's give the well, owners, quote-unquote, their salary not, relief. But it's not deferrals like Max Scherzer has in his contract. These are... No, it's dollar for dollar. It's not... You're getting the, the it's dollar for deferral. dollar, and it's over... It's just... It's the same contract. It's just lengthening. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't agree. You know, I think that's that's fine. You know, you can't expect them to put interest on that because, you know, look, look at the time that – look what happened. It was unforeseen. You know, they have to be understanding towards that. It's unforeseen. You can't be greedy. You can't ask for more on top of that. I'm sure they could because they look at the lost revenue that they're having. But mm-hmm. – uh, if you honestly look at it, it's unreasonable for them to ask for that. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and and, and God, I feel like that's a bunch of kill. Like, yeah, yeah, me no, all happy talking about Muppet Babies and now no baseball. <laughs> well, well, I figured it came up. Um, oh yeah, we, we should do that whole. Do that. Hold on, let me. <laughs> in Ireland, the highest form of compliment in any pub is an insult. So I'm considered quite complimentary. Proper <laughs> number 12, Irish whiskey. And we always remind you to drink responsibly. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, yeah, dude, we had like the greatest childhoods because you got you came home from school, and you had Carmen San Diego. I never liked her. I always did because it kept me like really good on like I actually learned stuff from that. Uh, or if you weren't a Carmen San Diego fan, you watched Power Rangers. I hate Power you Rangers. A, or if you played a sport, you watched none of that shit because you were always going to practice or a game. Like I didn't be like I didn't get into TRL until like I was done playing sports. Um, Saturday mornings, you all, during the baseball season, you had this week in baseball and the baseball bunch. Oh my God! What a great program! Absolutely missed that. The one with Ted Williams as a fisherman and not a. Who's that fisherman? It's Ted Williams. His book Who's is still that? His book is still the greatest book on hitting ever made. That should be like required for every person that ever wants to coach base coach baseball. And the old baseball the right way videos the Mets used to make. With Buddy Harrelson and um Kevin Elster teaching you how to hold the bag at second base. You know, they used to have, I mean, they had some great programming. Like, if they could have just gave it a little more pizzazz, pizzazz, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because it was a straight instructional. Uh, instructional. It, it was almost like go buy a Tom and Mansky video. Oh, my God. My father bought those. <laughs> those are on YouTube what, he want, now. See? <clears throat> he wanted Tony to learn how to catch? God, like here's the funny thing. Like I, I'm sure you like listen when he would do, and he would be like, "Ask your pop." My father didn't grow up playing baseball. My father played football. So like when I got into baseball as a kid, my dad had to learn because he was going to coach. Dude, he bought all those fucking videos. Oh my god, the fuck Tom Amansky one. Then there was a Major League Baseball one that taught you something. It was like Jesus Christ, how many more of these are we going to fucking watch? <laughs> I'm done, Dad. I don't want to play anymore. Dude, I'm good with this shit. I figured out to throw the ball into the wall. <laughs> God, you the ball. You hit the ball. That's all I need, Dad. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to stand well, yeah, in the dude, outfield I... and try to throw the ball into a fucking garbage can. It's not gonna happen. Forget the old. I absolutely missed the old school this week in baseball. Oh my God. I mean, yep. they were so cool. They were so fun. Um, you know what show I miss that, that you bring it up? Remember when NHL did Cool Shots? 
Yeah. Dude, love that show. That was phenomenal. Dude, like, oh, I, I'm telling you, like, they, you know, it's such a great show. It, it brings everybody together. Like, it brings you to, like, the athlete's home. It shows hmm. you what they do. It's instructional. It's fun. They don't do that really anymore. No. You know, they, they, they got to have – the, the best part was it was on regular TV, so every kid can watch it. Yep. You know, now you're not going to get anything unless, you know, you have ESPN subscription to ESPN Plus with Peyton's Place. Or, yeah. you know, give it to the kids. Give it to the people. That's how you grow sports. See, I, I still, like, because I moved to, like, you know, the bottom half of New Jersey, because I still think 195 cuts a half, stay in half, so I'm on the other side of the state now. So I have, side of the tracks. Well, I get to watch I get to watch Phillies games every day. Um, yeah, you're but, on the wrong side of the track. Go get me yeah. a cheesesteak. <laughs> no, it's pork roll down here. That still drives me nuts. Um, Taylor Ham. It's Taylor Ham. You're right. Problem. Oh no, grapple. It's, it's still Taylor Ham to me. And I asked for it, and people are like, "Look at me, scrapple." What's that? It's, it's it is um, horrible. But, like, I, I've started watching Phillies games, mainly because I can't listen to Michael Kay anymore. Because Tom McDonald, Tom, Tommy does such a great job. Um, and the fact that he's, like, almost family. Um, she, <laughs> uh, full disclosure there. Oh, Tom McCarthy. Um, phenomenal. It's like they call a great game. Him and Kruk and, and when Mike Schmidt's in there, it's, it's great. But, like. Oh, Kruk funny, man. Crook's hysterical. Crook is zero fucks. Crook hates the fucking fanatic. It's amazing. He's the only person in the world that hates the fucking Philly fanatic. Time to look um, Well, that's a whole other story. But I've got a new appreciation for Bryce Harper. Like there's a guy who I think is finally comfortable in his own skin. Like, I don't think A-Rod, like, if you want to compare, like, him and A-Rod, I don't think A-Rod ever got comfortable in his own skin until he was suspended for the year. Yeah. Well, even that was kind of phony when he got back anyway, so. You know, I don't know if we ever really saw the real Uh, A-Rod order. I, I... I met him a couple times and I met him after it and I saw him after it and, you know, was around him a few times. It was a different guy. Like I, I was told by, you know, a bunch of people that were like, if, if you get Alex Rodriguez, you're fine. If you get a rod, it's not even worth it. Um, but I think he became more comfortable in his own skin. Like, I think it's like in a, in a relationship where, if you've never had a problem getting girls and then you finally have to work for a chick and like, you can't handle working for it. I think that's a whole, it's a mind fucking itself. Um, where I think Bryce Harper just finally is at the point where he is, Comfortable with himself. 
Like, and, and you just see, like, there was, um, the Phillies do, like, charity auctions, like, once a year. And, like, one of the things, have you been, have you been to Citizens Bank Park? Actually, no, I have not. Okay. So, in the right field corner. Oh, let's corner, go this year. Let's oh, go this so year. I. <laughs> yeah. I've already done my refunds for two games. Um, which I'm sure I'll get the rest of. But, like, they're in the right field corner there. Like, take the kids. They'll love it. They have, like, a wiffle ball field. That's, like, a miniature Citizens Bank Park. And they they do, like, an auction where you can have your kid's birthday party there. And last year, fucking the guy who won it, Bryce Harper, just walked up and just hung out with the kids and started playing wiffle ball with them before a game. That's awesome. Like, I think it was the night before he hit the lunar walk, lunar moonshot walk-off. Um, That's still going. Fuck, I swear to Christ. I still think his first Phillies home run is still going. I literally bought – I I never buy tickets in the second second deck there. I bought them there in right field just in case Bryce wanted to hit me one. Because, like, my wife – my wife, for some reason, has, like, fallen in love with Bryce Harper. And we both see him like – He's a handsome fuck. Um – but like, she, she loved it. I like do. he came out. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't say no. No, you're probably right. I would spit, but I wouldn't swallow. I wouldn't swallow, but I, I would definitely not say no. I'll correct his hair <laughs> gently on my balls. <laughs> God damn! I wish I'll I had let him tickle my taint with his beard. Dude, I, I wish I could have long flowing hair like that guy does. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, did you see that Roger Goodell, speaking of um, tickling balls, um, Roger Goodell has barred Dave Portnoy from actually winning the Monday Night Football with the commissioner. Oh, come on. Stop it. He yep. actually did? <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave did not pass the background check. No, he didn't. He didn't say that, did he? Last Friday night, emergency press conference on Barstool. Yep. And it happened, like, and it came out, like, right as we were starting the show Friday night. So it was fucking hysterical. Uh, well, David David uh, doesn't love that. He's going to run with it. It's, that, that's oh a, my God, that's a fun thing. Between that and the call her daddy stuff, like, you couldn't do anything more to Portnoy. He's fucking winning. I believe – hold on. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh. Davy Day Trader, Davy Day Trader, Davy Day Trader. A lot of Davy Day Trader. Everything he buys, I stay away from. Um, for some reason. Oh, emergency press conference. Goodell is a coward, hates charity, hates kids. Dear Mr. Portnoy, <laughs> we wanted to update you on the background and criminal check that was conducted on you in connection with your bid on NFL auction item. Whatever the fucking number is. As you were aware and consented to, you were subject to a background check before the before being declared the winner of the exper- experiential item. Based on the background check provided, background report provided to us, you did not pass the NFL's background check, and therefore we are unable to award you the item. In particular, the following incidents were identified. Falsifying NFL credentials to gain access to Super Bowl 53 opening night in Atlanta, followed by police detainment. After being informed by police, you were banned from entering Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You defied the police directive and attended the game. 
criminal trespassing at 345 Park Avenue, the location of NFL headquarters in 2016, which is not right. An arrest in 2015 at 345 Park Avenue for criminal trespassing and posting posting nude images of a Patriots player's two-year-old son on the Barstool Sports website in 2011. Goddamn. So, so I'm looking at this right now. Came out yesterday. He has not received his $250,000 refund yet from the NFL. Jesus Christ. Well, it takes <laughs> seven to ten business days. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 they should compromise. They should give him back $100,000, but have Goodell give it to him. My 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 favorite part should have been. It should have said. And you also handed out 70,000 towels with the commissioner's face on it, dressed as a clown. <laughs> they were selling those yep. Goodell t-shirts at the Olympia Sports of Foxborough. Uh-huh. Opening night of that season, like the th- that Thursday morning, um, the NFL told them that if they don't get rid of all the barstool sports stuff, that they would take all the NFL merchandise out of the store. Talk about living rent-free in somebody's head. Fucking poor me. The whole fucking thing is a joke. It's hysterical. But you think he really cares? No, he loves this. He loves this. This It's great. He'll probably make like new commissioner. He'll probably make new Goodell shirts and sell thousands of them. He's going to make Goodell shirts with him sitting on his couch. uh, (laughs) Okay, so I'm shocked shocked he's not around. If 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 I'm working for his PR team. Goodell or that's the shirt I want to see. That's that's what I want to see. That shirt. I want to see a Step Brothers shirt with their faces on it. Oh my god! Do Do you remember uh, when they made the Fjord Goodell shirt? Yes. Day forty. If you hear me, I'm willing to come work for you. I come cheap. <laughs> I will. I will. I will give you some. Great material. Please hire me. Oh, no, but I would love to see a separate shirt with Goodell with his clown face. Important. Yeah. Let's see. What do they have? Yeah. Um, Sit on a couch in his basement with the caption, Why can't we be friends? That would be. Dude, you should just like send that to PMT. You know, am I hitting the right notes here? Dude, I, I'm I'm crying. I'm I'm almost crying laughing. Let's see. Barstool has on its website right now a fire Goodell hat, fire Goodell can cooler four pack, clown toddler T-shirt, clown onesie, clown tank, clown hoodie, clown tee, clown poster, clown golf bundle. So you could have a golf towel and a head cover of fucking Roger Goodell with the fucking nose on. Priceless. That, that 
sixty bucks. Take my money. Here's my credit card. Says take my money. I don't need to pay my. I mean, I don't need to pay my mortgage. Did you see the new Spin Chicklets golf stuff they put out? No. They had a really nice Spin Chicklets golf jacket. May or may not have. You are going to have to say that to me. Oh, I will. I, I already bought it. I bought it last week when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like I was on there just to buy like call her daddy stuff, and then I was like, no, this would be <laughs> weird to wear. Wear some of this shit. Never wear. Uh, bro, that is my favorite podcast going. Outside of this one, of course. Hooray! That fucking show is bananas. Um, yeah, what else do we have? Uh, or is there anything new? I'm not going to amaze with the way my computer's been the last two weeks. I'm shocked it's still working. Uh, show store. Where the fuck's the store? Oh, there it is. Because, of course, I went right, through so, Yap and you came to So, if there's no baseball. I still don't think there's going to be baseball. Like, I, I, I'd i be well, shocked if, there's... if there's none, everybody gets credit for service time. Is that part of this deal? I believe it was. So, everybody that would be a free agent will be a free agent. Uh, Chris Bryant will have another year accrued. Oh my God, Chris! That Chris Bryant thing is a fucking joke. But oh, listen, I know it's a joke, but see, and this is why I go he, back. Teams, to... teams would be in the right mind, you know, would be crazy not to do what the Cubs did. Like I thought the Mets, what they did with Alonzo last year, you know, if you held them ten days, you have an extra year of control. No, it's more than ten days. It's it's like it's forty five. It would have been like May eighth or something. Like, see, like, and this is my problem with this. But see, like this is why the players association goes so hard after them for this stuff. This is blatantly obvious. What? Why they yeah. held back? Spring training, he hit close to four hundred and had like eight bombs. Well, then the fact that, like, I remember the first team that really started to exploit this was Tampa Bay. Like, you can guess whatever you want about the Devil Rays or the Rays now or whatever. Like, whatever you want to say about the organizations. Bro, they are one. They're like Bill Belichick when it comes to exploiting the rules. Yep. Like, absolutely. That's why you look across the league. You got Friedman in uh, in L.A. You got High, you got Bloom in uh, yeah. in Boston. You, you got Farid in uh, San Francisco. All these guys are coming from the same spot. Yeah. The hot, the hotbeds in Tampa Bay. You want to get <laughs> on on par or on point with this new age game? Then you need to mm-hmm. take from their organization. Well, what the the GM that just got hired in uh, Houston came from. Tampa Bay. Tampa. You know, they're at the cutting edge of this stuff. You know, um you wanna you wanna know what Houston did with the with the sign stealing? You gotta go after their people. That's exactly what Boston did when they hired Joey Cora. You know, so they exactly knew what was going what on. Did. 
It's exactly what the Yankees did when they hired Carlos Beltran. Yes. I agree. You know, it, anyway, do you, you understand know, you, how you expensive want the flags are for the Masters? How expensive? Holy shit. I wonder if it's like one of those things, like if you bought it direct from the Masters, which you can't do. Like, I wonder how much exp- how expensive they are. You know, it's funny. I, I picked up a piece of memorabilia today. It wasn't expensive, mm-hmm. but I was able to find a World Series ticket from 1977, Yankees and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, well, you know, 77 is the year I was born. Diehard Yankee fan. So I was like, holy shit. You know, it, the price is right. So I ended up picking, up, picking that up today. I'm going to have a nice little spot for it to go up on my wall. You know, but it's, I don't know. I, I'm sorry to go off the side, you know, sidebar there. But it was just okay. really cool to find. Like, here you go. If you wanted to buy this year's Masters flag, you can't buy it from the Masters. They don't sell any of their stuff online. So you have to buy it from... Like, there's, like, places that go on the grounds and buy it and bring it out and sell it to you. Mm-hmm. The Masters flag this year is, like, 53 bucks. Last year's is 100 because Tiger won. The only thing the Masters sells is fucking photos. That's it. Oh, that's cool as shit. I know, right? That is awesome. And I was talking, oh. I was talking to the guy. He, he also had tickets uh, from 86 when the Mets clinched uh, oh, wow. the playoff spot. Wow. I was like, well, I'll let you know about that. But no, that's not really. It's Cubs in it. So, yes. I was looking... Like, just, like, it's so funny. Like, you could, like, shit. Like, the fact that, like, the mat, like, I got my, every year, like, around this time, the Masters tickets open for next year. Like, from the, <coughs> direct from the Masters, how expensive do you think the tickets are? Oh, boy. I can't even guess. Wow. Tickets are on. So that's the that's, that's crazy part. <laughs> Seven dollars and um, thirty nine cents. Yeah. When the bleachers were six bucks at one point. So last yesterday I got my sign up for the Masters tournament ticket email. Seventy five bucks for the practice rounds per ticket, one hundred and fifteen for Thursday through Sunday. Not as expensive be as you. The Masters? Yeah. Same place it is every year. Which one? Augusta? The Masters. 
Masters is but are, are, the. But are they actually going to open it where you can go? I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah, my 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 wife and I we were we were talking before we ended up moving to where we moved. Uh, yeah. I had Augusta as a place that I wanted to move to because my cousin lives out there, and she was telling me that she rents oh, her wait, house out. Where, she lives in Augusta. That, yeah, like really close. Okay. All right. We'll have to talk. <laughs> because I think the townspeople, there's like stores there that sell it a lot cheaper. Um, oh, yeah, I believe it. Because they're, but, it's yeah, so, it was a birthday. Like, going to Atlanta. Like, everybody stays in Atlanta and drives. It's like an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. And, and I told I, my I, wife, I was, I was like, you know what? If we get a good house, we rented out those two weeks. A lot of people make. Yeah. Like, they they make bank, man. They they make two or three months of uh, of mortgage in that in that two week uh, in that two week period. It's so funny. Like I've heard people that like buy tickets on like stuff. You have to meet the patron that sells you the ticket, right? And then when you're leaving, you have to call the pay. You have to meet the patron again to give him the badge because they're not tickets. They're badges. It, it's it's fucking insanity, but it's like the cheapest big golf tournament you'll ever go to. What was it when it was over here in Baltusol? What was the price? The PGA Championship. Oh, yeah, man. for the championship. It started. I think just the green the greens fee, just to to go in, was like hundred and fifty bucks. Like the President's Cup was almost three. And that was in uh, Jersey City, right? Jersey City, yep. Right. Like, we went to the Barclays, and it was up in Paramus. And that wasn't, like, a big tournament. Like, that was part of the like the, the FedEx Cup, but it's not, like, a big tournament. I think that was probably close to 100 we went on Sunday, and by Sunday, like, even the fucking, like, merchandise tent was ransacked. There was nothing left. Like, nothing. I did get to it's see... Amazing the power of sports. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, how often does shit like that come around, though, too? You know? Um, right. It's not like it's, like it's Augusta or Pebble Beach where it's every year. Yeah, but even that stuff, like sure, AT and T Pro Am, like when they had the USL, like I know, was it um, what the fuck was that? Was it Pace last year, the PGA or the US Open or one of them? In the US, I think Open? It was US Open. Those tickets are like two hundred bucks a pop. And that's basically, and you're basically paying for them to read. Sod the entire golf course and pay the members for allowing you the, them to use it. Oh God, you gotta love America. Yeah, like the, where they where they the Phoenix Open, the stadium is set up all year round because that's it, the, the waste management's there. But 
other than that, like most of those courses, man, like they tell you don't wear flip flops. Like they're you go into a golf tournament, you're actually like actually acting if you're going to play. Well, that almost sucks. Like you have to go in a golf shirt. You have to go in, you know. Like you can't show up looking like a schlub. We almost just had free beer meat in front of my house. Ooh, that would have been good. Um, Deer running across the street while well, well, a car was coming. <laughs> just now. It is uh, a daily occurrence where I live. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. We, uh, yeah, golf uh, golf tournaments are expensive. Like, I've, I know people that go to, like, the U.S. Open tennis every year. That's like a fucking, that's a gong show. That's like crazy expensive. Especially if you try to get like center court tickets. Not even just to get in. Like just, they, they said like the food's expensive. 20 bucks for a hot dog. Fuck them. That's why I like NASCAR. <laughs> Your own beer. And Good old Ricky Bobby. Yep. Get her done. Okay. Wait for it to uh, last. Fuck you Why can't he be real? I know. Uh, players call from action. Uh, never mind. Um, I think that's the show for this week. Yeah, I don't got anything else. You? No, not really. All right. We'll do this again next week. You got it. Have fun. Talk to you later. Uh, Sorry, Paul. Take care. You too, bud. That was a show. Go in peace. Bye. Bye.